Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry, we're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. You're playing the game I started in 1969. Jesus. Wet. This isn't what happened last week. Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us. I love gaming. It's such an interesting way to experience story in a way that feels like you have some sort of say in how it goes. It's all an illusion, but it's nice anyway. Give me a good story over a shooty shooty bang bang anytime. Something like What Remains of Edith Finch, God of War. But there's one genre of game story that I just plain suck at. For some reason, I suck at horror games. Sit me with a horror movie and I'll gleefully beam away as characters are butchered left and right, but put a controller in my hand and tell me the character's fate is now in my hands, and suddenly I'm all shaky, with a pounding heart so fast, and I'm just moments away from a full-on heart attack. I am learning to get better at this, though, slowly working my way through some horror games one by one. In the meantime, hello Jess and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What's your favourite horror video game or horror-esque video game? Thanks for having me, Jacob. Um, my favourite one would be The Last of Us. I love The Last of Us. Yeah. I only recently played it for the first time because you know they did like a remaster for PS5? So I picked up a copy of that and played it and oh my god. That game is so good. I kind of know what you mean, though, because it is scary, because you feel like you're in the situation Yeah, when you're playing the game. Instead of, like, a movie, we're just like, you know what? It's already done. Whatever happens to them is going to happen to them. Mm. But a game, it's just like, oh, now you have to run away from the, like, chainsaw-wielding yeah. maniac or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no! <laughs> I actually have played Silent Hill as well. Have you? Yeah. Like, the original one? Or, I, or just I, Silent Hill in, high in general? School. Oh, wow. I played it. Do you remember Amanda? Yeah, I remember. I played it with Amanda. Oh, okay. And it was really scary. I've never played a Silent Hill at Hill. I've always wanted to, and there is one coming out soon. They're making a new one. They're doing like a remaster of Silent Hill 2, I think, and they're also doing a Silent Hill like set in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the trailers look really cool, and I'm like, I'm going to play that. Yeah. Very slowly, because I'll get to like each checkpoint, and then we're like, oh, that's enough for me. I need to, I need to like back away. And play. It was scary, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Last of Us is. You're completely right. Like, parts of that game are actually terrifying. Mm. 
the the those clickers the clickers yeah Yeah. i haven't watched the tv show yet but i it's on my list to watch seriously you need to watch it i hear that it's really really good so good i'm very excited my favorite horror game one of i i've been replaying bioshock recently and that's sort of horror-esque and that's a very good game actually i really really like it um i don't think i've played that one but i think jeff has i recently like plucked up the courage and played resident evil biohazard the one that's like set in the swamps or whatever like that with like a uh, a redneck family that's transforming into monsters oh it was really good and i did it on hard mode and everything so i'm really proud of myself oh, well done. i'd have to get like i'd do a section and then just like okay i'm gonna like play match three <laughs> for a while exciting <laughs> I'm just like, like, okay, that's enough now. You just have me back. <laughs> it's not a long game. It's maybe like, like if you're going really slowly, like maybe four or five hours, if you get like getting all the collectibles and stuff like that. And it was just like, okay, I've played for 10 minutes. That's enough now. I need to go, I need to like not be attacked by undead redneck family for a while. <laughs> But that brings no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I don't know why, because horror movies, like, I am unfazed mm. by 99% of horror movies. Mm. But horror games, I, I just melt, like... <laughs> Even Hogwarts Legacy, when I was playing it, it was kind of scary. Is there horror in that game? Is there? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just, like, the creatures just, and like, stuff? It's just, like, the bad guys the- attacking you, and I was like, oh, i got to get out of here. <laughs> I was say, like dementors are kind of creepy. Mm, yeah, they're kind of anyway. Yeah, so that brings us nicely into our movie because our movie this week was based on a PS One game. Uh, this week it was Jess's first time watching Silent Hill two thousand and six. Honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk, and sometimes you talk about a place. I don't remember. That's why we're gonna go there, so you can remember. going on here. This place is completely cut off. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. She looks exactly like Sharon. Why? the darkness of hell. It's okay, baby. Mommy's coming. (laughs) 
Wait, was it actually they made the game first? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because the game's from, like, the 90s. Oh. Because it was a PS1 classic. And they sort of took aspects from a couple of different Silent Hills, I think. Because I've I've not played the games, but I've watched, like, documentaries on, like, how they made the games and, like, the reason that some of, like, the fog and everything like that in Silent Hill was due to hardware limitations. They couldn't render an entire town of Silent Hill. So they used the fog as, like, a barrier so you couldn't see past as it rendered as you walked. Uh-huh, and then that. it became, like, a whole aspect of that gave this game a really creepy atmosphere is the fact that, like, you can only see a couple of feet in front of you. Mm. And stuff like I just... Yeah, I watched documentaries on how it was made and designed and stuff like that. And, yeah, so that was back in the 90s, and then they've taken aspects of that to make this movie. I think I must have played it on computer or something. Mm. There's There have been a couple of different remasters and re-releases and stuff like that. But we open on... we We get amazingly creepy violins and the music throughout this movie is phenomenal and that's because it's the game music they just basically cut the music out of the game and used it in the movie and it fits so well the music's so creepy we see a we see a family and we hear someone calling out um calling out a name that uh we cut to a couple calling out for sharon the mum of the family finds a teddy bear and she's running through the woods they're looking for their daughter who sleepwalks or something like that, I think they say. Because this isn't, this isn't the first time it's happened, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they mentioned that. No, it's not the first time it's happened. Yeah. And they'd add Sean Bean, because we love Sean Bean. I love it. He's so good. <laughs> A.K.A. Boromir from Lord of the Rings or Ned Stark from Game of Thrones. Love it. She runs through a trail through the woods for what looks like quite a while. Like, this daughter's sort of wandered quite far away because she's gone like under like an underpass of a bridge uh, like a motorway or something like that and then she's continued through under the traffic she eventually finds her daughter at the side of a cliff sort of staring vacantly into the distance (laughs) and I'm like that's always a good sign (laughs) we thought she was possessed I think when we first were watching it I mean yeah that would be a pretty accurate like assumption because she's just sort of standing there vacantly so you watched this with jeff did you your partner no i watched it with my friend emma oh okay and we kept pausing it to like discuss things all the time. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> so i wrote down a few notes. oh yeah absolutely bring them up as we as we um as we get to them so sharon is dazed and is about to step off the cliff um into a large pool of water but um as we see it it sort of transforms we get it from a different view it's this very metallic landscape the the sides of it have turned into like girders and barbed wire and and uh, metal fencing and stuff like that uh, what will become a very common theme throughout this movie is the very metallic and cold feeling um, a version of herself sits at the bottom of this pit looking back up at her and she's about to step step off when her mum luckily tackles her Rugby tackles this, like, six-year-old girl. <laughs> it's just like, nah, bitch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Sharon cries out for Silent Hill, and she says it. she needs to go home. She calls Silent Hill home. What did you think of this opening? I thought this was fucking cool. Yeah, me and Emma were like, well, so much just happened in, like, a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's, like, ten, ten bullet points here, and it's, like, ten seconds worth of fucking Yeah, it was so full on. We are like, what is going on? It's such a great opening. Yeah, um, Mum sure. mentions that Sharon keeps saying Silent Hill and having these sort of episodes. The You're, you're right, it's, like, kind of like she's possessed, and maybe we'll discuss that when we learn more about 
Sharon and where she's from and everything like that because it may actually be true mm. possibly no because <laughs> <laughs> this this movie gets sort of very wibbly wobbly but I, it makes sense in my head but whether or not i can describe it is another thing because we'll try our best we, we'll, we'll try our best <laughs> again i love the cross in the background is very foreboding for what's about to come as well we get this great shot and there's um, a great big christian cross in the background which is alluding to the the um sort of I guess the great big part religion is going to play in the movie. Yeah. And it looks so foreboding. It looks so much bigger than the characters. And we get our title card, Silent Hill, which slowly fades into the screen. Like it's an illusion or like a dream or something like that. Uh, We cut to Day as Rose, who is our mum character. Watches Sharon draw. She's just drawing lovely kitty pictures, as you you do. (laughs) It's definitely not a horror movie trope when you have kids drawing pictures that turn out to be fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, I love uh, Rose's costume. And her costumes throughout this movie actually are very good. It's sort of like, I don't know, how would you describe it? It it put me in mind of like Lara Croft, like she looks sort of action heavy or action ready. Yes. But sort of stylish as well. Yeah, true. Because she's got like, what, quite high boots and like a, a, a good, and she's got a nice skirt, but it's not a like restrictive skirt. She's got like free movement and everything like that. Was uh, it like taken off the um, video game outfit? I don't know if it's based on one of the characters from A Silent Hill, but I know in the original Silent Hill, it's a dad looking for his daughter, oh. not a mum. So I don't think they've copied the costume. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're on a trip to find Silent Hill, we learn. Rose is hoping Sharon will remember why she's obsessed with Silent Hill or why she keeps dreaming about it or whatever like that. And while they're sitting together, I think this is when they're like underneath a tree, they've taken a break from driving or something like that. Rose specifically ignores a call from 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 Sean Bean, from Dad. Mm. Does, did they say his name? Do you know what his name is? Has she called him Dad throughout? I don't think so. I don't think he has a name. Probably at some point. <laughs> Probably at some point. We'll just call him Dad. She ignores a call from Dad and we realise that he was not informed about this trip. She has absconded with her child. Oh yeah, and when she was like standing on the edge of that thing, about to jump in. The the cliff edge thing. Yeah, we mm. were thinking maybe is that how you enter into Silent Hill if you're like... Oh, like it's a portal or something like that. Oh my! I don't know because I don't really know what to expect going in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really like that as an idea because there, there is the, the, the idea or the theme sort of that like Silent Hill is like a purgatory or mm. like a punishment realm yeah. or something like that. So the idea that, yeah, you could enter it maybe by throwing your, <laughs> eating yourself off a cliff is <laughs> quite an interesting idea. And it does kind of fit with it because this, this movie has amazing dialogue. I like, there's so many quotes I had to write down because like they're so poetically dark. So I, I, I love when we're going to get to that. We get game music and I just I just put the game music fits so well. The sort of, I don't know, light piano work that's going on as they're like driving and stuff like that. It, and if you don't know it's from a game, you won't notice. Mm, yeah, it fit in really Because well. it just fits so well. It's not like, oh, that sounds kind of weird. Because <laughs> it just, it works. Oh, I love it. Oh, yes. As they're driving, they passed a, a sort of blessed parish ministry sign and i had to write down what it says do you know 
do you know that we will judge angels? Do you know that the saints will judge the world? And I just thought that's really cool. I thought it was... like foreboding. It's so foreboding, especially with what we're going to be dealing with when we actually get to Silent Hill. This idea of saints and angels Mm. and what is good and... Definitely not what happened. (laughs) Definitely not the people who reside within Silent Hill. (laughs) So we kind of learned that. And she's trying to get back to Silent Hill. Is yes. that right? Because the daughter's saying, I need to go back to Silent Hill. And the mum's like, we're going. Now. Yeah, we're going to Silent Hill. Yeah. But <clears throat> she seems confused as well because um, Sharon's not from Silent Hill, as far as they know, because they adopted her mm. from a different town. So they're not sure why she's obsessed with Silent Hill. But she's taking her there anyway. Yeah, and we kind of got the impression, like, something really traumatic had happened to her there. So we were like, why does the mum want to take her back there? She's just going to like re-traumatize her child. Possibly. We were very confused about that. We're like, like why what, she's what doing is that, it? this intention of taking her well, back? She's did, like obviously terrified. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's like a last resort because they do mm-hmm. kind of mention that um, Sharon had been on some she medications and stuff help, like that. Counseling or something. She'd been to, she'd been to therapy and she was on, on medications, but the mum mentioned, you know, just after she tackled, or at the cliff that the medications aren't working yeah so i think it's like a last ditch oh effort. she was saying that to the dad on the phone i think oh yeah mm. yeah she does i think she does at the gas station right mm. yeah but the medic- medications just don't work we we cut to dad who's still trying to get hold of rose and we find Ro- and he finds rose's internet history and we learn that through a search for silent hill it's listed as one of the ghost towns of america and that's always what you want to hear eh? <laughs> My wife's disappeared with my child and she's going to a ghost town. Lovely. It's even labelled as Silent Hill, the Tainted Town. <laughs> Sounds like a great place to visit. Sounds like a wonderful place to take a holiday and take your yeah, possibly mentally disturbed child or mentally scarred child to. Yeah, poor thing. Night falls, Rose fills up her car as a motorcycle cop arrives. Rose take a, takes a look at Sharon's drawings, which have all been sort of scribbled darkly and sort of made into these more disturbed images. There's a lot of church iconography in there. There's a lot of crucifixes, although they're they're not like the Christian crucifix. They've got like a halo at the top of it and stuff like that. As well as like very dark shadowy images instead of people now. They've all been like scribbled over. Mm. And Rose asks why she changed why Sharon changed her pictures and Sharon has no idea. In fact, she's very upset about this. She gets this. scared when she looks at them, doesn't she? Yeah, and she starts she's calling like, out to her mummy. She's mm, like, what who, who did this, mummy? Yeah. Why, why do my drawings look like this? Mm. And like you said, possession. <laughs> like, it feels yeah. very sort of possessed. Or even that she had some kind of trauma she was burying and like, uh, yes, something obviously happened to her that she didn't like. In, like subconsciously, she knew yeah. about it. Yeah, like when we when we did Brightburn, you know the the was it writing without thinking? You just keep writing, and eventually, like your subconscious comes out. Yeah. Maybe it's like that, but like a visual version of it. Instead of writing, you're drawing, mm. and now she's like drawing out her trauma, <laughs> which is lovely. <laughs> the cop overhears their sort of um, Sharon's crying and and you know calls for help and everything like that uh, this is sybil she is awesome she's got a cool outfit she's got a badass outfit <laughs> she's got like the 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 leather 
like um motorcycle pants and then her normal cop outfit on the top and uh oh she looks great and like a short blonde oh her her haircut's great mm. it's very stylish i really like i really like sybil's outfit in this and i think it's accurate to her character in the game I'm pretty sure it is. So, yes, Sybil, the cop, checks on Sharon and Rose, who heads into the gas station to pay. Uh, Rose asks for directions when she's inside, and they say, you know, why do you want to go Silent Hill? The road's closed, you can't even get in there. It's apparently been closed for a very long time, and it's basically just a, an abandoned ghost town. Nobody ever goes there. And it even seems like, it seemed like to me that they were all kind of trying to cover something up. When that she was asking about Silent Hill, Absolutely. they like didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of like stares at her and sort of, you know, avoiding eye contact and stuff like that. Mm. And it, I guess, as we learn more from the, uh, a character later on, it is kind of like this big taboo place that you just don't talk about anymore. Mm. Like it's this place that we just, just let it you know, disintegrate in the background. Don't talk about it, don't look at it. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Rose's card declines. She can't pay for the gas. Um, meanwhile, Sybil is talking with Sharon and just checking if she's okay. I love this interaction. I think this is so cute. Because she's oh, yeah, just... Straight to danger. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> she's just like, are you alright, sweetie? And she's just like, don't talk to strangers and rolls up the window. <laughs> and Sybil's just like, yeah she's like at a girl (laughs) and i'm just like yes you guys are awesome we were like why is the cop going there does she think that it's like not her daughter and she's like kidnapped a child or like what is her intention i guess just checking on the distress because that was Mm. like she was um sharon was kind of wailing out right in distress so cops just being a good cop and just going you know is everything all right okay yeah just but imagine I'd doing that every time a child is like having a tantrum. But you can sort of tell the difference between like a kid throwing a tantrum and a kid in distress. Right. I know I I could when I babysat my little brothers, I could tell the difference between my little brother's hurt or my little brother's throwing a hissy fit. Like right. they're two different cries. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the difference. Okay. <laughs> um, Rose calls. Oh, it's Chris. I did write it down. The dad okay. is. The dad yeah, is I called thought Chris. Might come up later. <laughs> This always happens. I'm like, I don't know that name. Stop doubting yourself, Jacob. And then later on, I'm like, oh, I did write it. <laughs> Rose calls Chris, the dad, to ask why the cards have been cancelled. Rose tells him there's no other choice but to take it to Silent Hill because the medications don't work anymore. Mm. If they ever worked. I'm not sure if they ever worked, to be honest, because they did say that her like symptoms had been escalating constantly. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they worked at all mm. or the power kind of get the yeah impression that something's obviously wrong with the daughter and they've tried to like, yeah, medicate they, or tried probably... to take it to therapy and like absolutely yeah. they've probably tried therapy they they've clearly tried medications and it's not working and mum's gone okay right she wants to go to silent hill we'll take her to silent hill and maybe that'll that'll but fix it i just don't understand but i think once once you logic. I, think, <laughs> I don't understand the logic <laughs> i think once you google silent hill and learn that it's like a ghost town abandoned one of the most haunted places in america or whatever you just be like no maybe not like my daughter's having nightmares about this place i'm just gonna take her there like that's gonna help it's gonna make it way better she sleepwalks just lock her door at night like it's fine <laughs> Oh, um, Sybil jots down the license plate of their car as she leaves. I, I, like, I think this is the first time I ever was ever like, hmm, so she just didn't pay for the gas, is that right? 
like, I'd never paid attention to it before, but I'm like, oh, is that why the cop followed her? Because she quite didn't pay possibly, for the I think so. Oh, we were wondering why she was following her. Yeah, because she checked on. Because I always thought it was because she was like, oh, you know that that child's in distress. I'll follow them, and then you know, eventually, for some reason, decides to pull them over. But I think it's because yeah, she Girl. her cards got cancelled, and then she oh. just drove off without paying. So that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> We're learning Because my note literally is that I put it in bold. Wait, how did Rose pay for the gas? Or did she just leg it? She must have. And I think she just legged it. She was so desperate to get there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because she's just like, you know what? We're getting there. My husband will not stop me. Maybe, like, go there without your daughter. And just right? see what Like, suss it out. <laughs> yeah. See if it's safe Maybe to bring your you daughter for a... <laughs> see if it's safe to bring your daughter to the haunted town for a quick tour. You know? <laughs> And here's the coal mine that's been burning for 50 years. And <laughs> again, I made another note just saying the music in the car is from the opening of the game, which is fucking awesome because we're about to have like uh, um, basically a shot for shot redo of the intro of the game in a minute anyway. It's just such a nice and loving touch. It gives you the idea that like whoever made this film, whoever directed it, Loves the loved game. the game. Yeah. And I know that so many people who loved the game for some reason hated this movie because it wasn't exactly like the first movie or whatever like that. Or they didn't like that, you know, this aspect from the game was used and that shouldn't have been used because it means this and this and this and this. And I'm just like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Just shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever made this movie clearly loved the game and they went, okay, I'm going to make my own take on it. Yeah. So I'm going to take bits from the game that I absolutely love and I'll make a cohesive story out of it. And there we go. Done. Nailed it. That's cool. And I'm so happy about that. Like, good on them. So Rose is pulled over further down the road by Sybil, which I now understand is because she nicked God knows how much gas. (laughs) And gas nowadays is fucking expensive. (laughs) Yes. As uh, As she approaches the car, Rose just fucking books it. She's like, Sharon put on her seatbelt <laughs> and they're just like <laughs> it's great and Sybil's just like oh fuck shit and like hops on her bike yeah she books it in the direction of the road sign that points towards Silent Hill and Sybil gives chase now this shot of the the winding road with Rose's car he- heading up it with um, the motorbike behind it with his lights flashing. I'm pretty sure that is the opening cut scene of the game. I lost the M. Which is beautiful. Mm. I fucking love that. I mean, it's different context because we've got a different main character, you know, and, and changes here and there and everything like that. But I just love that. I just love that they cared that much to do it. Yeah. I mean, I've never played the game, so I've never been like a massive, you know, it's not locked in my brain as like a childhood memory or anything like that but the fact that they did it is just shows so much passion and care for the project Mm, and if you had played the game it would be cool to pack up on those sort of things yeah absolutely um the radio of the car suddenly bursts into very deafeningly loud static um as a figure appears in the middle of the road causing them to crash i'm pretty sure it looks like sharon right is is that what the figure is? Or is it just a random figure? I can't remember. Oh, I put, the kid kind of looked like her, question mark. Oh, so it is a, yeah, it's it's a Sharon double. Yeah. The one in sort of the purple dress, which we also saw down at the bottom of the cliff 
before before Sharon was about to step off. It's her double. Yes. Which causes them to... Cr- I picked up on that straight away. I was like, wait, did that... Is that her? It, it does look like... I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the same... They use the same actress. Um, and Rose is knocked out in the crash. When she comes to... The world is sort of grey and foggy and misty. It seems to be snowing as well. Um, she looks around in the car and sees that Sharon is missing. She is not there. So she heads up the road, calling out for her daughter. Or for anyone. <laughs> because, like, she's like, Sharon? Sharon? And then, like, she goes down the road a bit and she's like, anyone? <laughs> like, hello? Who might be able to help? She looks up to realize that the snow is ash. This is so cool as well. It's like she catches a snowflake on her finger and she just rubs it a little and it just spreads soot down her finger. Very cool. Very, very cool. The whole atmosphere in this movie is pretty damn good. Yeah. But did you, like, find it quite creepy as well, this first look at Silent Hill? Yeah, it was creepy and it was it was really interesting. Yeah, it definitely, like, drew you in. Mm. What's kind of going on here? The, the atmosphere there is so, like, I don't know, like, isolating? Yeah. Because it feels like even when there's a lot of people there, it feels like you're all alone, which is very, very cool. We see the welcome sign for Silent Hill as Rose jogs past it and into town. The fog is so debilitating that you can barely see in front of her. You can see like a couple of feet and that's it. Love this as a mechanic and I love this just as like an aesthetic as well. The fact that like she has to explore the town but she has to get close to everything to tell what's going on. Mm, and we kind of thought she must have entered like some kind of parallel universe or something like that. Oh wow, you got that that early? Well, yeah, we were just like, what's going on here? Like something's different. Obviously, like yeah. it's all different. And then we're like, is she maybe unconscious and having a dream? Yeah, or, something or like is that? it like a parallel universe? Or like what is this? It's still up for debate by the end of the movie, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're going to have a discussion at the end to see what you, what your interpretation was, because I was like, I don't know what to make of this. Some of the parts I was like, man, I was like, I have questions. What does this mean? <laughs> Feel free to ask away, and I'm sure I can come up with some sort of bullshit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I can come up with some sort of nonsensical reasoning to help. Okay, I will. Uh, but we see that the town is broken, abandoned. Rose continues to call out for her daughter, and she spots her further up the road. Or what looks like her, anyway. Um, and chases after her as she runs down a back alley. She runs through an abandoned residential area as well. There's, like, tricycles upturned on in the middle of the road and things like that. You can see one of the shots is, like, through the garage. Someone's open garage. Where you can just see everything's, like, covered in this soot and ash. And Rose just walks past. It's really well shot. It's so eerie. She goes down some steps. I was trying to wonder what this was. Like, is it like a parking lot that's down there or something like that that she goes down into? Oh, um, I'm not sure. You know, where we first, where we get the first yeah. transformation of the town. Is that like a parking lot or like a first, like, basement of some sort? Some sort of large basement area or, or something. Cause there's like a bowling alley and shit down there. But as she, yeah, as she goes down these steps, we get the loud blasts of an air raid siren. Mm-hmm. What a cool mechanic as well to indicate the change that's coming. Yes. But it's also so unsettling. Yeah. Because what's we, going on? Yeah. And we all know that sound from, obviously world war ii and everything like that it means imminent danger Mm. so 
for a horror movie or horror franchise to use that sound, it's pre-programmed in our brains to mean danger. Yes. So that's such a cool, you know, sound design, a, a piece of sound to use. The world goes seemingly pitch black, like cannot see anything. There's no sun, no moon, nothing. It's absolute darkness. And Rose uses a lighter in a pocket to sort of um, feel her way around the steps and eventually get down. The surroundings around her seems to have changed. It's now very cold. It's very wet. It's very moist. <laughs> we'll go with moist. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like after everything had burnt because it was like all like oh. all the paint like peeled back off stuff and Absol- it looked like it becomes very metallic, which is obviously the only thing that's left after something's burned because yeah. the metal doesn't melt or anything like that. That's really interesting. I like that. Like everything's burning away. Yeah, that's what I kind of took it as. That's like, really strange. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's mixed with this sort of wetness as well. I don't know if you noticed that, but like every time it happened, there was also a sense of moistness around various aspects of the changes as well. Like, in this point when she's walking down the steps and she manages to get a lighter going, the walls are, like, dripping. So we've changed from that very dry ash rain, uh, rash, ash snow into this really wet, dank, heavy feeling, which I guess complements the metal, which is, again, heavy. And it's really... I just Just the way this movie does its aesthetics is gorgeous Mm. and the way it manages to present these two different three different versions of the same thing throughout the movie it's quite astounding yeah that was the fact that yeah she continues on and i yeah i just love the aesthetics for this it looks absolutely beautiful rose comes to a fenced area very tall large metal chain link fences Uh, topped with barbed wire so you can't climb over the top of them or anything like that barbed wire is a reoccurring theme in this um she finds Uh, (laughs) oh yes Yes. (laughs) definitely a reoccurring thing and uh, again it's that world war ii aspect to it as well and the just general sense that you know there's you can't get through it there's no way through it you have to go around it she finds a bloodied hospital bed and chases after um sharon again she sees her through the chain fence and has to sort of wind her way through the maze of fences. It looks like the way it's been set up, like like it's a maze, right? Mm. That's kind of how it looked to me anyway. It didn't. Do you, did you think that it was her daughter that she was chasing after at that point? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Because we were like, it doesn't, yeah, I didn't think it was her, but then I was like, who is it? Is it, we like, maybe it, it's it, like a past life or something? I yeah, because it definitely. There's like all these. It looks like her. It looks like her, but she's wearing the wrong outfit. Yeah, and she's running away from Rose. She wouldn't be running away from her mum. Yeah, yeah. Because she's already been weird. Because like when she got frightened earlier with her pictures changed and stuff like that, she clung to her mother. Yeah, and now she's running away from her. So it's like a a, quite a big change in character for her. We'll we'll call her. We'll call her Sharon for now, and because our character doesn't know any different. Yeah, she thinks that she thinks it's her daughter because it looks like her daughter. Uh, she loses her way in the maze of fences, stopping when she comes across some blood dripping on the floor. Looking up, she sees a gutted man tied up with barbed wire to one of the fences. He's his her full-on intestines are hanging out there for all the world to see. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty graphic. Yeah, it's this movie's quite 
um, graphic as far as its gore and stuff like that. Yes. But it never feels unwarranted, if you know what I mean. It's not like hostile or something like that, where it just feels like unnecessary. Mm. It always feels like it's got a point. That's right. But um, what makes it worse is that this poor man is still alive, because we get a extreme close-up into the gas mask that he's wearing. Again, that sort of World War II memorabilia. We get a great big look into those eyes as he fucking pants and is clearly terrified. Very creepy. Yeah, she's looking at the corpse as something sort of stumbles closer to her from behind. Rose is attacked by a screaming ash child. Oh yeah, those little coal babies. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you called them? I love that. You're right, they are. Because they sort of look molten, right? They've got, like, the little veins of molten lava or whatever running through them. Little molten babies. Coal babies. (laughs) Yes. These weren't really scary. I was just like, what is that? (laughs) Like, what is that thing? Yes. She's attacked by one. She can't find a passage through the fences and is soon overwhelmed by a mob of these creatures which appeared out of nowhere. Wait, you totally missed that she's been handcuffed this whole time. Oh, yes, true. That was really triggering me, right? No, No, she's not handcuffed at this point. Oh, fuck. Sorry. I don't think so. She's not handcuffed until she meets with Sybil again. Okay, okay. Ignore me. (sighs) Yeah, my partner's like, was she? (laughs) Cut it out, cut it (laughs) out. You're right, though. She does some badass shit while being handcuffed. But no, no, at this point, she's got her hands free. And yeah, this is the only part of the CG that I think has not aged too well. Is these, these, what did you call them? Sorry, coal babies. Coal babies. (laughs) We get it. I mean, as as like a group walking towards her, they don't look, they they look pretty good. But we get a like... literally got a note here. Town closed down because of the coal fire. Something to do with coal babies. <laughs> <laughs> the coal babies caused it. But, see, my theory is that like, there's the representation of all the kids who died yeah, that's in horrible. the coal fire. Yeah. Which is, but yeah, anyway, the CG of it is a bit hit and miss. I think it's because we get a close-up of it and like the, the mouth screaming and everything. Like this, The scream sound is... Oh. Oh, chef's kiss it's brilliant but the actual cg for it looks a bit dated and i think it's the only part of the movie where the cg actually took me out of it a bit mm, yeah same i was like this is the rest of the monsters and really everything like that scary. It was stressed. I, was like, I think it's that? because this is the only monster that used more c or felt like it used more cg than practical right. all the other ones were like 90 percent practical 10 percent cg amazing but this one felt like it was a bit more cg and it just you know it's been 20 years since this movie came out so we can give it a bit of a break but in general practical effects is always better yeah yeah rose makes her tries to make her escape being overwhelmed by a mob of coal babies (laughs) i love that i'm just gonna call them coal babies from now on (laughs) that's amazing She makes it to a door and manages to force her way in. She sort of unexpectedly manages to break the door down and so she falls over and hits her head, but manages to... I love this effect as well because she hits her head and everything sort of goes fuzzy, like she can't hear properly, but you can sort of see all the creatures sort of swarming swarming into the building that she's just managed to... And all she can do is crawl away from them as these things slowly get closer. It's very unsettling. I was just, like, me and Emma were just trying to, like, figure out what was going on the whole time. We're like, 
I was like, is this what happened to her daughter? Like, did she become one of those? Is she a cold baby? (laughs) Is that what she's trying to show her? Like, is is this why she's so traumatized? She needs to come back to Silent Hill to join her kin. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly the creatures back up and turn to dust as Rose passes out. Mm. Again, yeah, at this point, if if you've not seen this movie before, you'd probably just like, what? What? Yeah, I think first... (laughs) Time it transitioned, I was like, what is going on? And then, like, after the second time, I kind of... You sort of get the idea. Mm. And then it does get explained later, which is brilliant. I love that everything is explained. Uh, She wakes up, and the world is no longer metallic. And I love the contrast, because the room that she broke into was this dark, dank, metal walls, dripping water and stuff like that. And she wakes up, and it's just... It's foggy, but it's like a, a wooden bowling alley. Mm. And I just love the contrast of that. And it's yeah. like waking up from a dream. And she's like, did I... Did that happen? Yeah. Did I actually see that? Because then she steps outside and the, the metal fence with the barbed wire across it, all gone. It's just picket fences. It's someone's like garden or something like that. It's so weird. It's mm. unsettlingly... Because you're not sure what was actually real. I love that as she wakes up as well, Burning Ring of Fire is playing on the jukebox. <laughs> I've been into a burning ring of fire. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's appropriate for this Relevant. town. <laughs> Relevant. <laughs> yes, outside the metallic fan, the metal fences are replaced with rickety wooden garden fences. Rose runs through the town, taking the road that leads out of Silent Hill back to her car. But she runs past that and comes across a sheer cliff face. The road just stops. Yeah. And it's like the entire town's just sort of been picked up and moved away from everything else. Mm. Because even like, doesn't she, she look like looks down the side and like, there's a straight line where it's like cut the buildings in half and shit. And it's just, it stops. Everything just stops. It's the end of the game map. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's the invisible wall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was very funny. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jess. That was great. <laughs> it's the end of the game, Matt. <laughs> she that has... was confusing. We were like, what? You're like, excuse me, She's what? clearly gone into some parallel universe or something. Like, yeah. You're like, well, she's you not. Like, And I was just like, how do you get out of there? Yeah. You're not in Kansas anymore. Like, <laughs> like where the fuck are you? <laughs> she hears a fo- voice from behind her that says, only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Rose turns around to find a ragged woman and she asks this woman, because it, it, it's the only person she's seen since she arrived. So she's asking this woman, you know, have you seen my daughter? I've lost my daughter. And the woman turns to her mournfully and says, we've all lost our children. Yeah. Which is very dark and depressing. And the ragged woman mentions someone hurt her daughter, Alyssa. Although we don't know anything about that yet. But she just mentioned that someone hurt her daughter. Rose shows her a photo of Sharon that she keeps in a little locket around her neck. And the woman is convinced that that is her daughter. Alyssa. Yeah, that she's convinced that that is her daughter, Alyssa, not Rose's daughter, Sharon. I thought at that point that maybe that was Rose older. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I was like, like maybe that's herself that she her future to. self. Yeah, because she was looking at the picture saying that's my daughter, kind of thing. 
Mm. That's really interesting. Like she'd been trapped here for yes. God knows how long. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm. That's the thing about the movies like this, where it's all like interpretation. Yeah. It's that you bring someone. This is my on. first time watch, so <laughs> I like have all of these. No, the you bring, you bring someone on, and they they say things like this, and I'm just like, oh my God, I've never, I've never even considered that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so really. We we're trying cool. to theorize the whole time. Like maybe she gets stuck here for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And then ends up running into herself, but she can't recognize herself. And oh, that's really cool. The two fu- uh, fight over Rose's pendant, but Rose manages to escape. Oh, that's right. The, the woman calls after her saying, into the fire, she swallowed their hate, which is what she says. Uh, she's sort of mumbling to herself. We don't know what the context is for her mumblings. Mm. But again, it's this sort of very dark, poetic stuff that she's saying that we don't have understanding for yet. But I mean, you've seen the full movie now, so into the into the fire she swallowed their hate. You can sort of infer her meaning once you know yeah. the, the twists and turns that this movie is going to bring, which is a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember at one point Jeff walked in, and we'd literally just started it, but we'd paused it for something. Mm. And he was like, oh, how, like, how's your movie going? I'm like, holy shit, so much has happened. <laughs> You're like, we're like... I'm just twi- trying to take it all in. <laughs> we're like 20 minutes in, and I'm so confused. <laughs> Chris arrives at the gas station. He's clearly tracking Rose and Sharon. He asks around. He asks, like, the me- he bribes the mechanic to ask, like, have you seen my wife? How about now? And slides, like, a hundred across the, the engine he's working on, whatever. And we, we learn that uh, Silent Hill was closed down due to an underground coal fire that's been burning for, I think they say 50 years? It's been burning for 50 years or something like that. Rose heads back to her car, back in Silent Hill, and finds Sharon's drawings that have been left for her. But they're drawings of things in Silent Hill. So Sharon has left her a trail to follow. The next picture is of a school, and Rose tries her cell phone and leaves a message for Chris, saying, like, I'm in Silent Hill, we need your help, I can't find Sharon, or whatever like that. Mm. She tries to start the car, but it won't start, and a figure approaches the car. Did you think this was going to be another monster, or were you like, oh, it's... Did you know who it was? No, I don't think I knew who it was. Did you reckon it was another one of these crazy monsters? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it turns out it's Sybil, our amazingly sexy cop lady. Yes. I'm sorry, she's so sexy in this yeah, movie. Like, my God. <laughs> I am a gay man, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> Arrests. Um, no, Rose. Here we, this is where there, the handcuffs come this out. This is where the handcuffs come out. <laughs> And I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like, oh my god, civil handcuffs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she arrests arrests Rose and tells her that, you know, I'm going to take you back to town. Don't worry about your little girl. I'll find her. But in the meantime, like, you're under arrest for evading, evading the police. And reckless driving because she bloody smashed her a gate. Oh yeah, true. Oh yeah, she's, she smashed through the gate on the way to Silent Hill and everything yeah. like that. Child endangerment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely child endangerment <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah, Sybil says she'll find Sharon. She tries her radio but can't get through to her station. Yes. Sybil crashed much like uh, Rose did and passed out. Um, was just passed out for a bit longer than Rose was, I think, is mm. sort of what's implied or whatever like that. Yeah, we were thinking like do you have to, like, hit your head in order to get to Silent Hill? Do you have to, like, die in order to get there? Mm. Like, or, like, how do you how do you enter how it? How do you pass? But I, I reckon that Sybil was just close enough to Rose and Sharon's car 
that when when whoever it is, the darkness who controls the opening and closing of Silent Hill, when they cut it off, Sybil just just got caught in it. And that's probably how she got like thrown off her bike. Mm, no. Come back to that later. Oh, you have theories <laughs> on this? Uh, Sybil goes to walk Rose back to town. Um, meanwhile, Chris listens to the voice message that Rose left him, but it's broken up and static filled. He basically only manages to get a couple of words, which is like, Silent Hill, Sharon, help! Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, which is not great. He arrives at the bridge to Silent Hill, where cops are already there, and he meets Detective Thomas, a new character who I actually quite enjoy. I think he's quite an interesting character. Especially when we get to learn more about him. Yeah, true. They say that they found Rose's car up ahead, but it's empty. No sign of Rose or Sharon. Which is great. I love that. As Again, for the confusion, the pure confusion of it. Because you're like, hang on. They're definitely not. They're definitely still Yeah, because you're like, yeah. Sybil and Rose were just at that car. What do you mean they're not there? <laughs> <laughs> Sybil and Rose continue down the road past Sybil's crashed bike. I love that they put that in there as well so you can see where she was. Mm-hmm. But we're going past that further. Um, and it's now that Sybil sees the cliff that separates Silent Hill from the ether i don't know it just looks like there's nothingness beyond it it's just the fog the mist it seems to go on and on in all directions rose hears a crackle from behind them sort of rocks falling down a cliff face or something like that sybil starts walking them in the other direction when they see a figure stumbling through the road at this point i was like how is rose not having a more crazy reaction to what's going on around her she doesn't really seem that freaked out by everything. Oh, yeah, you've got a good point. Like, actually. the cop comes up. She's not just like, these weird cult babies who are attacking me. Like, what <laughs> the fuck's going on? Well, she might have thought that was a dream. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But still, a little bit of panic would be necessary. Because right? she's already seen, like, the cliff edge that, like, cuts the town off. Mm. So wouldn't she be like, how the fuck do we get Rose out of here? Rose is just like, oh, something's not right here. She's not like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love how this is how you'd be in this movie. You'd be like, what the fuck is going on? What is that thing? With your Kermit the Frog arms up in the air going, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) As opposed to Rose who's just like, don't fucking handcuff me. I need my hands right now. I might need to beat coal babies to death. (laughs) But Rose is just like, oh, I'm looking for my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rose's phone and Sybil's radio start picking up loud static. I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think this is a mechanic from the game. To tell when enemies were nearby, your like radio would like start making static noise. Oh, okay. So I think that's a callback to the game as well. Which actually works thematically really well with this movie. Because, yeah, Sybil's got her police radio, which goes off, and Rose has got her phone, which just starts making these weird noises. Right. As the figure sort of stumbles towards them. Oh, this creature, I think, may be one of my favorites. With one exception. It's humanoid. Its arms are sort of fused to it. So it's like these. It's a, pa- a pair of legs with a large torso and a small head at the top of it. And it just sort of... Oh, it's so weird looking. It looks in pain. Mm. The way it walks, it walks sort of, is it it pigeon foot where you've got like your knees together? 
Yeah. So it's it's got tired or something. Yeah, we it's got his knees together and then it's stumbling its feet forward like that. It's got some sort of gash or hole in the middle of its stomach or whatever the fuck that is as well. And it it honestly kind of it's got a BDSM feel to it. Like it's got no face at all. It's Mm. like it's wearing like a leather mask or something like that. There's nothing to it. So strange. It's this contorted. Const- extremely constricted feeling. Like you look at it, and it, it you just imagine like being in a straitjacket or something, and then having it all fused together. Like, oh, it's it makes me very uncomfortable. Yes, but we do see that uh, acid is dripping from its stomach as it walks as well, because we get like light sizzling on the road as it's walking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sybil tries to reason with it, kind of. Yeah, why would you talk to like what is it? <laughs> It looks humanoid, and she's not seen. She's not seen any fucked up shit yet. <laughs> but she's like, "Hey, stay where you are. You know, don't come any closer." She pulls. She pulls her gun on it. See, she, I don't understand this reaction. <laughs> I understand. Hello, crazy monster. Please stay there. <laughs> okay, it's not some like writhing Cthulhu tentacle monster. In which case, you're just like, "Oh, fucking shoot it." You're like, "It looks vaguely humanoid. I don't want to accidentally." Shoot someone who may be like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she can't see that. It's very foggy. True. But she's like, just blame the this, this is just someone who's like into some BDSM shit and maybe they can't get out of their straight jacket. And she's just like, like I don't want to, st- I don't want to shoot someone for their kinks, okay? Sir, do you need some help there? <laughs> do you need help out of your gimp outfit? Like, <laughs> one nod for yes. <laughs> Luckily, this entire theory goes out of the window when the fucking thing vomits, I guess, kind of? Like, splurts acid at the pair of them from its gaping stomach hole (laughs) thing. It just goes (laughs) right up the road, which hits Sybil. um, But luckily, she's wearing her, her motorcycle jacket and her motorcycle helmet. But that shit melts pretty fucking quick, too. So now run. Yeah. Now run. Well, Sybil's got a gun. She pulls she pulls off her helmet and she takes off her jacket. She's like, motherfucker, and just starts shooting it. And I'm like, yes. Because she tried to reason with it. And then it was like, okay, we're not doing that. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> but in this commotion, Rose makes an escape. Plus, I didn't understand her running away from Sybil because she's the only one that can undo her handcuffs. And this is true. And it's already been kind of, yeah, that, 100% that. Right? I was like, you guys need to work together here. But also, yeah, because there's no, there's no reason to run away because Sybil can't take you back to town like she planned to. Because town doesn't exist. It's yeah. just a cliff face. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, Sybil has to, like, maybe she's worried that, like, Sybil will lock her in, in her car or something like that. Maybe. I'd be like, undo my handcuffs now, bitch. Yeah. Do not see. Get me, a, get me a crowbar or something. <laughs> need to beat these motherfuckers. Give me another gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's monsters about. Give me a weapon. <laughs> um, Sybil looks up to see more creatures sort of falling down the hill. It kind of looks like like a rubbish tip or something like that. Like a local rubbish tip or like yeah. tire fireplace or whatever. What are they called? Like where people burn tires and stuff like that. The you know, to get rid of junk and stuff like that. It looks like one of those places. So we've got this ma- massive sort of cl- um, mound, I guess, and these creatures are starting to, like, fall down the mound, and it looks like there's a dozen or so of them. And I was like, oh, fuck that shit. 
I'm outies. Yeah, Bye. Uh, you get out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sybil looks up to see more of the creatures heading towards her. Rose takes a moment to get her arms in front of her because she's been handcuffed behind her. So she runs away and then takes a moment to, you know, do the old arms under your ass and then in front of you. So she's like, Aha, I have use of my arms again. Yay! Semi. <laughs> Semi. They are still handcuffed together. <sighs> Yeah, especially being in this situation. I yeah, fuck like that. Honestly, I would go back to the cop and be like, I'm looking right now. Please take these off. <laughs> I can't do shit. She spends a decent amount of this movie handcuffed, actually. Yeah, literally. Like, maybe half. Yeah, it was really frustrating me. <laughs> it's like, when is she going to get those off? Yes, she manages to get her arms in front of her. So, yay. At least she's got some, she's got more mobility that way. And she checks a local bus route to find out where the school is. So clever. I love this. It's not like she wanders around town and happens upon the school. Oh, is that what she was looking at? She goes into like some office or something and was looking through files. Oh, that's a little bit later. Ah. This is when she's still in the town. She like swivels around the bus route and it says like Midwich Elementary School. Oh, right, right, right. So she like follows the roads that's labeled on the bus route. Mm, And every time, yeah. And every time she gets to another bus stop, she checks to see the, you know, you are here now take like a right on this road and there'll be another bus stop because that's the next stop on the route and it's really cool I really like this as a because in so many movies they're just like oh I'm in a weird place oh look I happened upon the place I need for plot yeah (laughs) and she's trying to get there from her daughter's uh, pictures right yeah from the pictures her daughter left her she thinks maybe her daughter will be there yeah yeah. (laughs) and that's probably why she's in such a rush as well although yeah she should have stayed with Sybil she could have been like hey look my daughter drew this lovely picture of some sort of demented school let's head there (laughs) (laughs) she follows the route stop by stop arriving at midwich elementary school such an iconic location i love it it's so good the doors are adorned with vaguely with a vaguely cross-like emblem again it's that cross with a halo at the top of it and a sign above the entrance reads the foes of the righteous will be condemned i hate this sort of stuff yeah the sort of I think it, I think I may have like religious trauma in some way because like a- anytime I see like religious quotes and like iconography like this and stuff like that it just makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Same, I kind of hate it now. Yeah, and especially that quote as well because it gives the idea that you know they deem themselves worthy to judge all, which is just so weird. Mm. And, but I guess this. This is a pseudo-Christian cult, I guess. Yeah. Or at least that's how it's depicted in this movie, I think. Because they do talk about God and stuff like that. So, hmm. At the main office, uh, Rose manages to find herself a torch. Everything looks old, out of time. There's Rolodexes on desks and things like that. And there's a rotary phone, etc. So you get the idea that Silent Hill is out of time. Which would make sense if the coal fire started 50 years ago, mm. then this ch- this town hasn't changed in 50 years. Yeah, ghost town. Yeah, it's a ghost town. And it's filled with monsters. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of pictures I noted as well in this, in this uh, office area that are labelled Home, Country, Loyalty, God in that order. Home, Country, Loyalty, God. Yeah, just little painted images above... Uh, that were above Rose as she was, like, looking through files and things like that. Mm. Next, we cut to Detective Thomas, who drives through Silent Hill as he and Chris call out for Rose. I love the change in style that tells you you're not in the same place. Yeah, yeah. Because the way this is coloured, as opposed to 
the way it's coloured for Rose and the way it's coloured for the distorted when the monsters are out are three completely different palettes of the same thing. Mm. But you instantly know just by the way it looks which version you're in. We thought it was like day versus night. Oh, We call it like, oh, it's night time. Yeah, the the, the light and the darkness, which is... You know, what, what the evil in this town is called, it's called the darkness. Mm. So calling it night and day is very accurate. I like that. We learned Detective Thomas used to live in Silent Hill um, as a young man, up until the coal fires when he was when he was one of the people who got out. Mm. He said half the people of the town just disappeared that day and were just presumed dead, I assume. That's the assumption, anyway, is because it wouldn't be safe to return they must to be town. The people that were in the area, but, yeah, yeah. But as we <laughs> learn later, they're all actually got they all got taken to the demented version of Silent Hill, where where Rose is. Oh, that's what I thought, anyway. Yeah, but maybe those people that all went missing are the people that were there when they. I don't want to like get ahead of the story. But, oh, you know oh, the people mean? who went. Well, that would make like sense. into the church or wherever it was that they did the the the, the cultists. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense as well. But he, he, the detective Thomas even mentions, you know, I'd say half of them deserved it. Is yeah. a, like an offhanded comment he makes. So immediately you're sort of like, what? The what fuck do you, happened? Here? Yeah, and yeah. what do you know? Like, mm. how do you know about this? What do you mean? Mm. So that plays into like the conspiracy starting to grow. Like you said, like everyone sort of avoid our eye contact and stuff when Rose asked about Silent Hill, and now we've got a detective who used to live in Silent Hill, who's making comments like, you know, half of them deserved it, mm. and you're like, oh. Yeah. Ooh, what happened then? Rose turns through the school... Sorry, Rose runs through the school looking for Sharon. She spots men in gas masks with torches and canaries in cages. Yeah, that was weird. The canaries in the cage? Yeah, well, that whole thing. I was like, who are those two? It's... it's <clears throat> oh, yeah. The, the canaries in the cage is a coal mining thing, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, you'd send them down the coal mine and... You know, if the gas was the methane gas or whatever like that, if there was too much methane when they pulled the cage up, the bird would be dead. <laughs> but if okay. the bird, if they pulled right. the cage back up and the ca- and the bird was alive, it they was safe go to down. go. It was safe to go down. Okay, that makes sense. So they're meant to be like coal miner people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a coal town, so right, I assume right, right. so. But again, it's played into that World War Two thing as well because they're they're dressed in like gas masks and that kind of thing as well. Mm. But the idea that they're using canaries not in the coal mine just out and about mm. as warnings for danger. But she was running away from them, wasn't she? Yes. Rose Rose covers her torch so they can't see it and runs in the other direction. So do you feel like they were chasing her or not? I don't think so. We were trying to figure that out. We're like, are they also part of this? Oh, like they were looking for her? Well, you know when it's like day or like yeah, when, it, when, it's, when it's monster time or when it's... Yes, yeah. but they were in the light time, weren't they? Yeah, n- now we're in the light time. Mm. So they're not like the monsters chasing her. No, I think they were maybe sent out to scavenge, because we do learn that people go out to scavenge for food and for supplies. Right. So it's possibly that. Oh, okay. That or or the, the, the head of the, the group is sending them out to try and, you know... I don't know, work on some sort of progress to getting them out of here. I see. Maybe okay. she has some yeah. sort of plan to combat the darkness or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that Maybe. I, now that I know how it ends, I know. But like at the time, you're like, what is You're this? like, what is this? Rose heads to a different part of the school, finding a classroom that, finding the classroom that Sharon had drawn herself in, 
in the picture that she'd left her. On one of the school desks, she finds fresh handprints in the dust. Very cool. And one of the handprints specifically is over a word carved into the desk, which just says witch. Yes. Inside, she finds workbooks belonging to a girl named Alyssa. And this is the ragged, the ragged woman's daughter. Yeah. So again, we've got connections between Alyssa and Sharon. They clearly look the same. So who is Rose chasing after? We see a quick flash of Alyssa being teased, having things thrown at her, being called a witch. And it's suddenly brought back as Rose spots who she thinks is Sharon, who has appeared again and chases after her. She follows her into the bathrooms where she can hear crying from one of the from one of the stalls. This is so creepy. Yeah. Because it's a it's a little girl crying. You can hear her, and she's just like, "No, oh, come out!" I don't. I don't think at this point she thinks it's Sharon anymore. Mm. Do you think, or do? Because I was starting to. I I thought that maybe she knew it wasn't Sharon. It but seemed to me like the whole time she thought she was chasing Sharon. To me, she was like, "I gotta find my daughter!" Like running after the quite possibly, but she didn't look the same. Like she did, but she's all raggedy and she's wearing like a purple dress as opposed to like the quite tan clothes that her daughter was wearing. Mm. So it is, it's strange, but yeah, you were kind of also thinking like maybe that is her daughter and like something, that's how she was when she was at Silent Hill, maybe. Yeah. mm. And, and Rose is chasing after her because it, it just looks like her daughter. Yeah. Possibly like that. She starts checking the stools and in the one where the crying is coming from, she opens it to find a bound corpse of a man. Yeah. He's like bound with barbed oh, wire and, and stuff like that. He's contorted uh, monstrously. Like his feet are, the, the, his toes are touching the back of his head kind of contorted <laughs> yeah he's tied tied with barbed wire and bent out of shape um and we see from the name tag that this is colin <laughs> <laughs> hi colin Such a not scary name for like a terrifying thing i mean it's just a corpse yeah uh hi colin nice to meet you um you're a piece of shit as we learn later but hi anyway and written on the wall above him or behind him sorry is dare you dare you double dare you and then we get, and then the f- camera focuses in as we see something in the corpse's mouth. Yeah, I thought I wrote down like maybe there's a witch that's like playing a game with her here. Oh, where I was kind of thinking like, is this what's happening? Yeah, like why wouldn't you just? I mean, that's a good question. Who writes? <laughs> dare you? Double dare you? Like hmm. mm. from his mouth, she pulls something, then runs out. She, she runs out of the bathrooms only to realize that the, the gas mask men are right outside the door. So she quickly, they, they spot her and she uses the keys that she picked up in the office to lock the bathroom door as the men try to break the door down. Quite violently as well. So you can see why she'd be now be afraid of them. Yeah, that's what me and Emma were thinking. We're like, are they trying to hurt her? Or Emma was like, maybe they're trying to help her. Trying to rescue her. Like, mm. oh my God, this is a civilian. Like, quick, come with us. We'll yeah. take you to safety. That kind of thing. Because they're obviously quite different than the other. What I find very interesting is um, Rose grabs hold of her pendant with her daughter's photo in it, with Sharon's photo in it, and says, please God help me. Yeah. And at that moment, the canary in the gas mask cages, the gas mask men's cage starts squawking and they run for it. So we'll talk about... You know, once we know the twists and everything like that. But I think this is quite significant that she called out for help. Yeah. 
And that's when shit went down. Mm. So Rose is met with the air raid siren once again. The sun dims and uh, light extinguishes. And she turns on she turns on her torch, and we watch as the walls peel. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like as if it had burnt, as like, if it had burnt away. That's that's yeah. so cool. I've never yeah. made that connection before, but you're hundred percent right. Mm. That's really cool. And this effect is great. This looks so cool. All the wooden stalls, all the wood burns away and we're just left with these metal husks and everything like that. It's it's the effect is amazing and everything's rusty as well. Yeah. Everything's moist, metallic and rusted. Do you think the moist could be like if it had burnt and then it they tried to like like put it out? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's a good connection to make as well. Um, she hears a noise and f- sees Colin's corpse dragging itself along towards her. <laughs> and my note here in bold just says, oh God, the tongue. Oh, what was the tongue? He kept like licking at her. Oh, that's right. He's got like barbed wire, like, cause his, his feet are actually tied Honestly, to his head. Yeah, that was the part that I was all concentrating on. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's, How we can move like that. <laughs> as he's dragging himself towards her, he's like doing the like, blah, 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 mm. thing at her. And it's so disgusting. <laughs> but once we learn who he is, it makes sense. And, and why it's so vile and disgusting. He seems to spread disease as he touches things as well. Okay. Like he puts his hand on the wall and this weird sort of corruption spreads across it and things like that. Um, same with everything he lies on. It, these sort of, I don't know what to call them, like ulcers <laughs> sort of start appearing on the ground. Yeah. Rose very quickly unlocks the door and runs for her life. <laughs> So now you're kind of starting to think, like, whenever that siren goes off, like, everything changes. Yeah, like, the world... Making that connection. Yeah, we get our third version of Silent Hill, this weird metallic, heavy, monster-filled whatever it is. But yet we we get our first views of the school transformed. And, like, doesn't she run through and she sees, like, the corpse of one of the gas mask men is, like, barbed-wired into what looks like an elevator shaft or something like that? Right, yeah. And um, Colin screams as the pulsating masses or whatever they were start to erupt with, like, beetle or scarab-like oh, creatures. Mm, little bugs. Little little bug-like creatures. Rose finds the gas mask men as she's running down the halls who are being eaten alive by the beetles. One of them, like, screams, falls over, and then just disappears. It's quite cool. And you're like, fuck me. <laughs> The beetles are really gross. I think it's because, like, I've got, you know, the original Mummy movie. I've just got a fear of beetles now because of, like, the scarabs that used to, like, go into people's skin in the Mummy movie. And I hated it. I hated it. She continues to run, seeing the dark version of Sharon, the the girl in the little purple dress. She's drawing at at a desk. And this sort of distracts Sharon and she falls into a vent. We cut now to Chris. Who walks through the through the school in the dusk light, in a normal version of the school, the not silent, the the burning version of Silent Hill, but not the version that Rose is in, nor the monster version. Yeah, so real life, real life. <laughs> he's in the real version yeah. of Silent Hill, and he's calling out for Rose as he walks through the school. Mm. Rose walks the corrupted courtyard. And to her side, pyramid head, 
strides through a field of beetles carrying the corpse of one of the the gas mask men as he does this. What were your thoughts on seeing Pyramid Head for the first time in this movie? Because he's such an iconic, like, horror character. Mm, I've seen seen the character before. You've seen the character before. How was it like seeing it in a movie like this where it's like, because I've always seen it as, like, the very pixelated PS1 It was version. pretty cool. I didn't find it, like, scary, though. It was just, just awe-inspiring yeah. <laughs> to see this, yeah. like, eight-foot-tall man with, like, a 12-foot-long sword yeah. walking towards you. Mm. And I guess the sound of his breathing I find quite unsettling. The sort of... <sighs> but yeah. it, it echoes in the in the metal of his helmet. She and Chris, Rose and Chris, cross paths as they run through the courtyard. Best shot of the movie. Hands down. That was cool, yeah. Absolutely, because they... They're in the same place, but they're they They're in exactly the same place, and it solidifies that they're not in the same place anymore. Mm. There's some fuckery afoot. Because she runs one way, and he's walking the other way, calling out to her. And they cross paths... Oh, it's so beautifully shot. I love it. Love it, love it, love it so much. <laughs> Rose leans against the lockers, basically um, sort of losing hope, I guess, at this point, where she's just like, oh, this is too much for me. What the fuck? <laughs> now, this is kind of getting yeah. to the reaction. <laughs> we had coal babies. We had the, the, the gimp acid spitting man. <laughs> now we've got... Some <laughs> we, we've got pyramid head and a sea of beetles like i'm done yeah. i'm out <laughs> no and that guy wrapped in barbed wire oh, yeah. with his feet on his feet <laughs> oh yeah colin oh, we can't forget yeah. about i love it we've got pyramid head we've got gas mask man and colin colin just colin it just sounds so not scary just regular colin <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> she leans against the lockers and cries as chris is checked by detective Thomas. I think it's because he senses her or something. Yeah, doesn't like that? he say like she's here or something like that? I'm It was I something like that. Something. Or, or he says like I can feel her. I can feel yeah. Something, something like, like that. She's been here or she's here, so he kinda can And Detective Thomas like yeah. checks him and like puts his mask back up because obviously, you know, they're in a town that's constantly burning and has been for 50 years it's like oh you know you probably haven't got enough oxygen you may be like Mm. you're seeing things or you're hearing things or something like that right and i wrote that down i was like maybe it's like the smoke inhalation that are causing like all of these hallucinations hallucinations Mm. that rose is saying but also they're definitely not in the same place no no (laughs) but but like theories yeah no absolutely i I love that as a theory as well just like the 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 ragged woman being rose love it yeah i love that as a theory as well they need to they need to leave because of the fumes and detective thomas thinks that chris is getting a bit a bit doolally because of it (laughs) he thinks he feels his wife Mm. rose collapses as the wave of beetles moves towards her she's given up She's full on given up. Luckily, she's suddenly grabbed. Enter. <laughs> she's grabbed and dragged into, I don't know, what must be like, probably like a broom closet or like mm. some sort of maintenance room or something like that. It's Sybil. Enter Sybil. Sybil, Sybil to the fucking rescue. <laughs> she's like, there is some fucked up shit. You come here, mate, now. <laughs> Finally take these cuffs off me, bitch! (laughs) My god! They manage to get inside just as the beetles are moving in on them. I think one gets through and we get a close-up of it. It seems to have a human face. Did you notice this? I don't think I did. It's 
really unsettling. We get a close-up of it and it's like squeak because it's on its back and it's like squealing and it has an almost human looking face and then she stamps on it. Yeah. And I was like, it. fuck yeah. Kill that beat. Sybil's amazing. Yeah. Go Sybil. She's a fucking badass. She is really cool. <laughs> uh, Sybil and Rose barricade the door with a large pipe and there's no way to get out. They're trapped, but at least they're safe from the Beatles for now. Sybil is down to her last magazine on her gun because God knows how many of those fucking gimps she had to shoot on the way here. (laughs) She's having a day. She removes Rose's handcuffs. Yay! Yay! (laughs) I was waiting for this the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, she removes the handcuffs. (laughs) I think it's a moment where you're just like, you know what, there's bigger fish to fry. If I want to arrest you, I'll re-arrest you later. (laughs) Like, right now, I think we have some other shit to deal with. She needs all of the help that she can get. She needs her help. Absolutely. They hear the sound of screeching metal outside the door, and Pyramid Head rams his sword through the door, trying to get at them. I love that the sword gets, like, an inch away from them. They're, like, backed up against the very back of the wall. Yeah, he's kind of just stamming it through the door trying to and like, skewer them. S- yeah, it's trying to skewer them and then swinging it left and right. I don't know if he's actually trying to directly skewer them or just make a hole in the door. I thought he was trying to skewer them. Yeah, but- I mean, quite possibly. <laughs> but either way, he does manage to make a little hole in the door, which is just enough for him to sort of put his arm through to to unstick the door so they so that he can get in. Mm. At first I was like, maybe he's putting a hole in there so the beetles can get through. I mean, the beetles do start flooding in, yeah. which is, <laughs> ugh, ugh, I don't want to be eaten by beetles, please, no. No, no not a nice way They to start go. to crawl in. Pyramid Head reaches his hand in and starts removing the pipe. Sybil shoots his arm with her last bullets. Yay. He suddenly stops as the beetles begin to drop dead and turn to dust. So now it's back to the It's back to it's back to the, the the Dream Silent Hill. <laughs> Let's do Dream Dream Silent Hill, Nightmare Silent Hill, and Real Silent Hill. <laughs> so yeah, he pulls his hand out, he grabs his sword from the wall, as we watch the door repair itself. Yeah. The hole that's made all the metal curls back in and then turns back into a wooden door as Pyramid Head sort of walks off down the hall and disappears. And all the beetles just turn to dust. I bet Sybil's just like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Like, (laughs) poor Sybil. She's literally in it for the ride because she has nothing to do with any of the fuckery that's going on. Like, (laughs) true. (laughs) Rose and Sybil enter back into the normal school or the dream version of the school. And Rose tells her about the clues. The next one that has been left for her was in the desk. Uh, was in Alyssa's desk, and it... Pu- oh, sorry, no, it's what she... Mouth. Yeah, it's what she pulled from Colin's mouth. Mm. It is the broken keychain to a local hotel. Yeah. So they head in that direction. Meanwhile, Detective Thomas ushers Chris to his car, and in the car, he makes a call to the local archives. This is Chris, he makes a call to the archives for more information about Silent Hill, but the woman on the phone refuses to help. Just flat out refuses. Suspicious. Yeah. Oh, the plot thickens. <laughs> back in town. Uh, back in town, that's right. We, we get the line. Um, they used to say this. Oh, this is Rose and Rose and Sybil are walking down the street of Silent Hill heading towards the motel. 
Oh, the hotel, sorry. And she says, like, they they used to say this place was haunted. I think they were right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you think? You're like, yeah, I think they might be right. We've seen some pretty crazy shit. No wonder people avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. The pair arrive at the Grand Hotel, and they hear someone calling for help. Someone's screaming or yelling or something like that. And in the hotel, we see a young, red-haired woman throwing stones at the ragged woman, yelling, It's your sins which hold us here, is what she's yelling at her. Sybil stops Anna, who's the red-haired woman, and the ragged woman sort of absconds. She she makes an escape. I feel so sorry for this woman. I know, me too. We learn that this the, the, the ragged woman's name is Dahlia. Dahlia. Dahlia, and she's been cast out from the rest of the town. We don't know why, but she's been cast out. And Anna makes a remark that not even the darkness wants her. Mm. But this is kind of also like the first time you're seeing people. other people. Yeah. Like people. people. You kind of thought it was like an abandoned town or a ghost town only. Yeah. And you've sort of seen... I mean, Like even, you've only seen even Dahlia. The, yeah, and, and the gas mask the gas men. Mask. But they have a more sort of monstrous appearance because of the outfits they yeah, wear. Yeah, so you're not sure what that's about. Yeah, because they don't look human-human. They look sort of... Because they're wearing really bulky outfits as well. And gas masks which cover their face. So you can't see what they look like underneath. Mm. So they do look sort of monstrous. And the only person we've seen up to this point was Dahlia. Yeah. And now there's this young... Probably what mid twenties, redhead woman as mm. well, and you're like, oh, there's people here. There's yeah, people. There's actually- oh, okay. Uh, Anna is has apparently been sent to scavenge food. She mentions that people hide in the church, so that's where everyone's been. And we learn Christabella keeps them safe. She's the church leader. Rose arms herself with a knife, and we see the same symbol on the floor of the motel that we saw in the school as well. That sort of cross with the halo at the top and everything like that. Um, We learn that this is a sigil of the town elders and a symbol of their faith. And whenever I hear shit like that, I'm like, oh, it's a cult. Yeah. (laughs) What fucked up shit did you do to deserve this? Come on. (laughs) Come on, spill it. (laughs) Well, you'll find out very soon. Yes, what did you do? Sybil finds the hotel keys and it turns out that's what the the keychain is from. So it's from the hotel room keys. And the, the one that Rose was given uh, is for room 111. And in that slot, they find another one of Sharon's pictures. Meanwhile, we cut back to Chris, who's, who just breaks into the archives. Because no, nobody will give him any information. So he just smashes the window and ha- lets himself in. He finds the Silent Hill police records, all, which, all of which are sort of charred and burnt. Love this as well. Yeah. Because they're keeping it... Like, they're keeping very tightly to their story as well. It's not like, oh, look at these fresh, freshly crisp papers. It's like, no, the boxes are, like, burnt and charred. Like, these are the the only ones that were, like, legible. The only ones they managed to get out of the town. He finds a police report, uh, police report written by Detective Thomas, although he wasn't a detective at the time, that involved a girl who looked just like Sharon. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. oh yeah i had a different theory here oh yeah this is just as i'm going not like because obviously i hadn't seen the how it ended but no like, that's the whole point of this podcast oh, it was your first time yeah, i want to know time. your thoughts as we go through it so it's like maybe because we find out that she's adopted right mm-hmm. so I, I was like oh maybe um her parents died in the fire 
and that's where she lived kind ah. of thing. That's where I started to kind of Right. Go. That would make sense. Like, she was a survivor from this town and she didn't have any parents, so they put her up for adoption. Yeah, so then they adopted her. Yeah, yeah. And then she's got some sort of lingering torment that's bringing her back. Yes. Fascinating. So um, Chris calls the orphanage to get an address for... Was he trying to get an address for? Was it to get an address for the orphanage or was it to get an address for where Sharon came from? More, I can't remember. I think it's just an address for the orphanage where they adopted Sharon from. So you can go talk to the like nuns that live there. At the hotel, back in Dream Silent Hill, um, they can't find room 111. It goes from like one, one, um, 109 to like 113. The door is missing. But there is a large painting of a witch being burnt. Mm, yeah. Very lovely. That's when I started to make a connection there. Yeah. I was like, okay, because in the school they were calling her a witch. Yes. And then they're talking about religious. I'm like, okay, this You're must like, be the kind of religious people mm, that burn witches. That just burn this people live casually are. on okay, a Thursday night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> something so obviously happened here. Now the town is cursed or something like that. It's a beautiful oil painting as well. It's just so sad to know like the history behind it and everything like that. Because yeah. it was not a pleasant time in history. There was a lot of persecution. A lot of innocent people were killed and things like that. And that's where we persist in this movie a lot of innocence being destroyed mm. and it's misogynistic really the whole oh yeah absolutely witch hunt yeah yeah mm. there were no male witches being burned no although the gays were burnt so you know <laughs> <laughs> yes and um i think anna sort of perks up at this point because she's following them around or protection or whatever like that and she mentions that um, burning the witch held back the darkness it stopped the apocalypse so these people, or her people at least, think that the apocalypse has happened, is the idea behind this, I think. Right. Oh, outside of their town, it's apocalypse kind of thing. Yeah, like the world ended and they're the survivors. Right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't bring this upon yourself at all. <laughs> the picture looks like um, looks much like the one that Sharon had drawn as her clue. So Rose slashes through the painting to find the door to room 111 behind the image of the burning witch. That was cool. It was very cool. It feels like it feels like the puzzles of a game as well. Yeah. Cuz it's That's entire... right. It's always the paintings, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always things on the wall that you have to And it, it does. It feels like, you know, connecting but it doesn't feel you know, trite or anything like that. It's like, oh, we're just we're following a pattern of clues and but it's just how a game would do it as well. Yeah. Uh, inside, Sybil finds an entrance to a storage room um, with traces of fire behind it. Don't they have to, like, leap a gap or something like mm. that? There's, like, a gap into the next building from this room, which is where... Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it looks it's like... It's, like, two buildings kind of thing, and they have to leap over because it's... There's, like, a... Yeah. A few stories. Yeah, absolutely. And they have to, like, <laughs> hop across. And it's in there where they find more religious sigils and, like, uh, pews and stuff like that. It looks like some sort of storage area from the from the religious group. Rose spots uh, Alyssa, um, a.k.a. Sharon. Possibly, maybe. We don't know. And follows... Oh, yes. And follows her through to another room, which has the symbol of their faith. Um, on the floor as well. She talks to Alyssa, but when she doesn't respond... That's right, she follows her up to, like, a higher up area, 
like uh, up some stairs where there's like a large gap where something's happened, like a chandelier's crashed or something like that. So it's just a couple of girders and boards. And uh, Alyssa or Sharon is on the other side of this. So Rose has to cross some rickety beams over a chasm to get to her. I love the music here. It's so chilling. It's so cold. But yep, she has to parkour, parkour. In- insert meme here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the girl turns to face Rose as her body catches a light. And she just says, look, I'm burning. Mm. Oh, it's so chilling. It's really creepy. Yeah. The actress who plays the little girl, especially as Alyssa, is very good at her job. <laughs> like, this girl is fucking creepy. <laughs> Rose jolts awake, and Alyssa, aka Dahlia's daughter, is gone. Anna mentions they don't say Alyssa's name. It's like Voldemort, apparently. You just it, She's she who shall not be named. Yeah. Anna runs as birds start fleeing the building. I think they see, like, a whole flock of birds suddenly kick up into the air and start flying away. And she takes it as a sign. And she's like, okay, we need to go. And The she, darkness is coming. Yeah, the darkness is coming. We'll, she'll, she'll lead them to the church where it's safe. To Christabella and the church. The sirens begin to sound. We get the air raid sirens again. Oh, it's so atmospheric. I fucking love these sirens. As they make their way to the church, Rose rec- Rose recognizes it from Sharon's drawings. And we watch as quite a decent number of local townsfolk start fleeing into that building. Like, there's a, what, 20, 30 of them at least? More, yeah. All- more. Because it looks like a decent crowd sort of um flowing into the church doors because mm. we get like a, a bird's eye view of it and it looks like a decent crowd but dahlia is waiting at the bottom of the steps of the church and she warns sybil not to join the church goers um, and she says they've brought about their own hell and they'll take you with them yeah dahlia is then um stoned in the face <laughs> fucking rose i know right what the heck <laughs> anna is lobbing stones at Dahlia again and hits her right in the face, which makes Dahlia fall down. Rose asks um, Dahlia about her daughter. Anna goes to throw another stone as the darkness completely takes over. We, You know instantly, as soon as you get that, there's like a silence and then a pitch blackness, and you're like, okay, we're here now. Mm. Rose and Sybil flee to the church. Anna continues to cast her stones, she who casts the first stone, <laughs> but is grabbed by Pyramid Head as she's about to throw another one. Sybil and Rose watch. Wait, I, do you feel like she's doing that also to stop um, Dahlia from telling her what happened? Oh, possibly. She's like, it's like as she's kind of questioning about Alyssa. That's true. As Rose is asking about mm, Alyssa, she's like, "Shut up!" and is like throwing stones at her. Yeah. Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. Either that or she. You know, it's like the, you know, Stone the Witch or something like that. Mm. But I don't get why the town hasn't already killed Dahlia if they think that and she's And also, so why evil. is Dahlia, like, yeah, she's not even that mad or, like, she's kind of just like, oh, don't trust them. I'm like, fuck, she should be, like, Maybe because they've been livid. Here. Maybe because she's been here 50 years. Mm. Then now she's just sort of numb. Yeah. And, you know, like Anna mentioned, not even the darkness wants her. So the monsters leave her alone for some reason. We don't know why. But the dark... uh, Yeah. Hmm. Interesting about that. So Sybil and Rose watch as Pyramid Head picks up Anna. 
We get we just get Pyramid Head walking up the steps of the church with Anna in one arm. Yes, get her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get the bitch. Yeah, he rips off her clothes and then gives her the ultimate purple nurple. <laughs> What's the purple nurple? The ultimate titty twister. Uh, <laughs> he rips her skin off. Yeah. That's why it's the ultimate. Yeah, it's the ultimate purple nipple because he fucking grabs a fistful of her skin from her chest. Yes. And then in one yank pulls all of her skin off. Yes. And I was like, that's so disturbing. Then I was like, oh, your skin wouldn't actually pull off like that, though, would it? I don't think so. (laughs) It would be like a tiny little It's a fucking cool aesthetic. It's disgusting, though. Because he grabs a handful of it and throws it at at the church door as the doors close. And poor fucking Rose gets like, splattered up the face with all this blood as Lovely. as the doors close. Oh, it's so disgusting. I fucking love it. <laughs> um, the pair are immediately acclu- accused of being witches. Great first impressions from the, the supposedly noble and, um, you know, <laughs> saintly churchgoers is strangers walk in and they immediately call them witches and try to burn them. Yeah, isn't it because... I thought they were trying to call them witches because they um, just escaped, but then Anna got killed. And oh, they possibly, were thinking yeah. that she, they bought that monster on Anna. In fact, I think it is Anna's mother who who yells out witch first. Mm. So I think she's sort of passing blame for Anna's death onto them. Yeah. Something like that. How did they get away? Kind of but however it works, it does rile everyone in the mob into yelling witch and everything like that, which is great. We love a bit of mob mentality. <laughs> But Sybil fires her her last bullet, her final bullet, no, into the air to keep everyone back. Uh, Rose loses her pendant in the sort of commotion of it all. It breaks and falls to the ground. We meet the church slash community leader. This is Christabella, a saintly woman who runs the local church. She leads the town in prayer to banish the darkness back. A large mural of a burning woman is the backdrop to their prayer. I love this as a shot. Because they do, they don't even, it's not even like the praying hands. They've got like two fingers down in the middle as well. So it's like a distorted version of a Christian prayer, much like their sigil is a distorted version of the Christian cross. Because they're a cult. Because they're a cult. Yeah. Yeah, they're a cult. They make up their own rules. Yeah, exactly. I don't like your church. My rules now. They're not the witches. <laughs> exactly. But I love the, the image of um, the, the backdrop of a burning woman behind them as they pray away the darkness. So bad. It's so disturbing. <laughs> Did you at any point think that this cult may be like the good, the good people? Or was it immediate red flags for you where you're just like, oh, oh these yeah, are for evil, sure, these are red evil flags. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so interesting because we've got several villains in this movie, I guess. But some are more justified than others. Chris arrives at the orphanage. He learns there's a conspiracy of some sort. Everyone's trying to cover up whatever happened in Silent Hill. We learn that Alyssa, who is the spitting image of Sharon, would have been, would have been at least 40 years old by now. So he reckons that Alyssa is Sharon's mother, birth mother. And I was like, okay. Not an unreasonable jump to make. Mm, Which is why she kind of has a connection. Yeah, why she has a connection and why she looks so close to it. Because, you know, Sharon is adopted. So, you know, someone who looks like her. But she looks identical. (laughs) 
Detective Thomas arrests Chris and he he lets him know that there, you know, he was there when the fires broke out in Silent Hill. Detective Thomas was there. He wasn't a detective at the time. He was like a rookie cop. The fanatics, the cultists did something awful to Elissa. And he pulls off his gloves to reveal his burnt hands. And his dad died in the fire, do you remember? <laughs> yes, yes, he does mention that, eh? He yeah. lost his father in the fire. Mm. Do you reckon his father was one of the cultists or not? Potentially. Potentially. Mm. Back at Dream Silent Hill, Christabella cres- uh, questions Rose and Sybil. Our faith has never failed us. Our faith keeps the darkness at bay. She tells Rose that only the demon can help find her daughter, but no one has ever returned from trying to get to it. Great. Another impossible task to undertake. (laughs) A a group is gathered. We get a couple of the gas mask men. So now we know that this is where they come from. They are the, the people from the church, as well as Christabella herself. Sybil and Rose. I think it's um, Christabella who says mother is God in the eyes of a child. I think she mentions it to her. Yeah, somebody says that. Somebody mentions that. And on her way out, Christabella picks up Rose's pendant and pockets it. You know, thou shalt not steal. No? Oh, we're just ignoring that in your... Okay, sure. (laughs) She does kind of excuse it later because they've lived for 50 years as scavengers. Mm. Which makes sense because they've been trapped here. They head to the hospital... Um, and I love how everything has a layer of ash to it. I think it's like a bird's eye shot as everyone's walking into the hospital. And you can just see the the top ledge of the door and it's just got this layer of soot on it. And it looks great. It's just so cool. Christabella tells Rose where to find the demon. Uh, hidden in the face of innocence is what she says as well. She gives her directions. She's just like, you see this room? It's like B16 or something like oh, yeah, that. Yeah, memorize the map. Yeah, memorize the map. It's the only way you'll survive. So mm-hmm. she, st- she stands there for a couple of minutes going like, left, right, right, left, left. And just keeps repeating it to herself. She's about to leave with her group. Uh, and Rose memorizes the directions to the room. They open the elevator to head down. I would not trust a rickety as elevator. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought at first it was just like some kind of door they were opening, but yeah, it was the elevator because yeah, yeah, it drops down. It, dro- it drops down later, yeah. Mm. Rose is given a torch and warned that they'll they'll be drawn to the light, but you won't be able to see without it. Mm. And you're like, who's they? <laughs> Please okay. explain. More things, more, more creatures. More monsters. They're about to leave when she returns Rose's pendant. That's right. Christopher is about to leave and she's like, forgive me. We've lived as scavengers for too long. This is yours. Uh, as she pulls it out, it opens and she sees the photo inside Witches. and she calls them witches. Rose she thinks and... it's Alyssa. Yeah, because she thinks it's Alyssa. Mm. She, she accuses Rose and Sybil of being witches and they are attacked. Sybil fights them off like the fucking champion that she is. And sends Rose down the elevator shaft. Yeah. She, like, pushes her into the elevator and closes the door behind her and tells her to go find her daughter. And then it drops down really fast. Like, it drops down so Like, going fast. down to how we thought. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Because it seems to go on forever as well. Like, it's such a long drop. Yeah. But also they, like, fuck up Sybil. So yeah, I, I was going to say. I she would be dead after that. I was, I, like, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, She's I really dead. like Sybil. Yeah. Rose is sent down the elevator um, while Sybil fake out shoots Christabella. I love this. It just, it made me laugh. Not because it's like corny or cheesy or anything like that. Because of how afraid Christabella was. Sybil pulls out her gun, points it at Christabella 
and pulls the trigger and she goes, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, shame bitch, Sybil doesn't even have any bullets. And she's like, ha, gotcha. Wish she did have some bullets. I wish she did too. Oh, the satisfaction of having a shot would have been great. But yes, Sybil is overwhelmed and beaten. You can even hear like, the, you can hear the crunching of bone. That, this kind of violence is what more disturbs me than like creatures and like monsters mon- and stuff. Yeah. Like, because it happens in real life. Like it's it's the human on human yeah. horror. Because it's merciless. The gas mask men even look at Christabella and she like nods at them. And then you just see them raise their arm arm up as high as they can go and just start beating her. Yeah, I hate watching that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially with Sybil because she was such a like... She's like a morally good person. Mm. She's not done anything bad. She checked on Sharon when she was concerned about her. She helped um she helped Rose when she realized that she was trying to find her daughter. Like she's done nothing wrong. She doesn't deserve it's so disheartening to see a character who's so morally white mm. to be treated like this. Yeah. In the like moral spectrum, you know, with Christabella being morally just pitch fucking black. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then you got characters who sit more in the grey zone, like Dahlia and stuff like that. Oh, especially when we learn more about why Dahlia is the way she is. Yeah. The elevator crashes at the bottom floor. Like you said, it feels like she's travelling to fucking hell because that elevator goes on forever. It's a hot minute. <laughs> she's in surgery is where she sort of comes out. She's in the surgery wing of the hospital. She follows the directions that she's memorized until she comes to a corridor packed with creatures dressed in nurses' outfits. This is what I remember from the game I played. The nurses. The nurses, yeah. I fucking love this scene. Yeah. Um, Just a quick note, I've watched all the, like, behind the scenes for this stuff and like that. All the creatures were played by dancers. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I've heard that before. And it's so evident when you see the nurses and the way they react. Mm. They're, they're blind, but reactive to Rose's torch. She turns out the light and the nurses suddenly go very still. They're frozen. Some of them are even like mid-stride, but they've just stopped. Only, only occasionally moving to like twitch. <laughs> and they make this weird like, <laughs> noise as well you know what i mean I, mm. I don't know how to describe it it's like a whinny but not quite it's like a i don't know a, a like moan a of yeah a whimper a moan of pain or something like that as they twitch and uh, the sound effect when they twitch as well is like a crack yeah it's like their joints and neck and bones crack as they move but the nurses are very sexualized as well because they got their boobs out <laughs> They're, they're wearing these very, very tight nurses' uniforms with their tits out, mm. and but their faces are completely covered, which takes away the personality. Yeah. So they are just this sexualized version of themselves, which... Was that necessary? I don't know. It's thematically correct for the games, mm. but, and then they've just transitioned it here. But I guess from a child's perspective, maybe that's how she saw the nurses... Not as not as sexual objects, right. but as just women. Mm. And this is how women look to her. Okay, yeah. If you know what I mean. I see what you mean. But yeah, they've got their high heels on and again, oh. Very short dress. Yeah. Very short dress, tits out, but no face. 
face is completely missing, which is weird because then they've got the little nurse's hats on as well. <laughs> so it's like it's like their personality, their their everything that made them them has just been wiped away. Mm. This is the yeah, this is the part of the game I remember playing, and you had to like sneak past the nurses. Yeah, that was actually scary. <laughs> These things are terrifying. Rose slowly creeps her way through the crowd, and I just put. This is so tense because there's just such an absence of sound apart from the little the little whimpers that the nurses and the cracks that the nurses make. They occasionally twitch. One notices that she's there and just starts wildly swinging the scalpel that she's holding until they all eventually get worked up and they're stabbing each other they're and slicing slashing each, each other. other. Yeah. It's because they're they're blinded. Mm. And she was really smart because she kind of starts crawling underneath them. She crawls under them. And, and lets like, them like all slit each like, other's throats. Yeah, exactly. They're like slashing each other's throats and stuff <laughs> oh, like that. <laughs> and Rose sets up the torch on the floor to distract them as um, she runs away. There is a moment as well when I think it's when she first runs into the nurses when they all move in unison to face her. Mm. And there's like this <clears throat> as all their high heels turn to face her. And it's so creepy. <laughs> I honestly, no joke, I would love like a figurine or like a statue bust or something like that of one of these nurses, just as like a piece of horror memorabilia, because they They look so cool. Yeah. I absolutely love the design. Anyway, Rose manages to run through the halls and finds the room she's looking for. And when she enters, we're met with a blindingly white light. And the demon explains what happened to Alyssa. It's spoken in the voice of her daughter, but it's clearly not. We learn that she had no father. Alyssa's, uh, Alyssa didn't have a father and thus was determined to be a witch. <laughs> Great fucking <laughs> leap of logic there. Yeah, what the actual fuck, yeah. guys? Are you Can jo- you chill out a little bit? Yeah. Your mum wasn't married when you were born? Fucking that means witch. You're a witch. <laughs> like, obviously. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can we tone it down a tad? Damn. <laughs> At least, like, do something. Oh, and it only gets. Yeah, like if she'd been, I don't know, she had a natural connection to nature and could cast spells or something like that, and then was determined to be an evil witch or whatever, then at least that's more logical than she Well, I guess it just kind of shows you, like, how delusional those people are, right? Absolutely. And, like, how morally corrupted they are. And how, like, deep people have been rooted into this cultism as well, because Dahlia was part of it. Yeah. The demon explains everything that happens. Yes, the, the... the little Alyssa's bullied at school. She runs to like hide in the bathroom, and that's where we meet Colin the janitor. And it's insinuated that he took advantage of this poor scared girl. Wait, I never made the connection that he was Colin. But, yeah, okay. Right, it, it's, it shows his it shows his name tag again, and it's mm. Colin, which would explain why he was tortured so much in that bathroom oh, and yeah. strung up like that. Because that's where he, uh, I don't know, assaulted her, potentially raped her or something like that. It's just so disgusting. We learn Dahlia loved her daughter, but the cultists saw her otherwise. The church saw her in a different way. Christabella called for Alyssa to be quote-unquote cleansed. Fuck this shit. (laughs) 
fuck. <laughs> this is actually too real, though, because, like, it's... It's shit that happens yeah. or happens. Mm. And the fact that Dahlia was convinced to sacrifice her own daughter is so sad. But I don't... I don't think she knew she was going to be sacrificed. I think she did. Do you? But she didn't realize... She didn't... It didn't, like, process in her brain until she saw her daughter go into that room. Uh, I thought she was, like, kind of going along with it. Like, okay, she needs to be cleansed or whatever because, I mean, that's the part of the cult that she's in. She's just agreeing with them. But then she didn't really know, like, to the extent of what that actually meant. meant. Yeah, what they were going to do. Hmm to her so the cult met at the grand hotel that room that we saw where where Alyssa said look i'm burning is there is the room where Alyssa was taken to be sacrificed dali was exiled from the group when she refused to go into that room i think she gave her daughter over to christabella and then went oh my god what have i done mm. and then basically became exiled because of a but also, there's no way they'd let her in that room because she'd try and stop it. Like, any mother would. I don't know. It's insinuated that they've done this before. That they've oh. cleansed children before. Really? Yeah. So... Oh, all of the coal babies. <laughs> Possibly. Oh, my God. What if the coal babies are actually the children who've been sacrificed? And that's why they're called upon because Alyssa is using the souls of, like the people the cultists have sacrificed against them. Maybe. Oh my god, that's so sad. I hadn't thought about that. I just assumed it was like kids who died in the coal fires. It could be. But if it's actually the kids who've been sacrificed by the cult. Oh, what the fuck, man. And that's why they like scream and like reach out for for Rose. They're like begging for help. Yeah, they don't really seem scary. They don't seem They're not trying to hurt dangerous. Her. Yeah. Not like the acid spitting one or anything like mm. that. They just kind of mob around her. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry Jess, about that. you made that Sorry. so much worse for me. <laughs> I've watched this movie like a dozen times this and I've never thought about that. <laughs> Uh, Yes, Dahlia was exiled from the group and her daughter was taken from her, realizing too late what she had done. The the cultists purified Alyssa in fire, burning her slowly over hot coals. Oh, my God. So bad. This scene as well, because we even... I I don't want to say get to see. We have to see... The flashback of the cultists doing their their ritual, Christabella riling up the church, you know, yelling gospel and shit like that. All the crap they they used to justify the hateful, disgusting, despicable shit they do. And literally, this girl is put on a metal rack and roasted over the, not even over the flames. So it's not even a quick death. They're roasted on the heat of the flames. It's a slow painful death by pure heat how delusional would you have to be to think that's okay like this is like mentally it's fucked it makes me so mad (laughs) i have religious trauma i think (laughs) i've never obviously never been through anything like this but when i see shit like this i'm just like how could you Mm. just in what universe is this okay in your brain yeah like, uh But during the sacrifice, the chains broke. And I was wondering, do you think Alyssa did have some sort of 
psychic or, or, or witch-given powers or anything like that, and she broke the chains? Or it was just a... Or do you reckon it's the demon who eventually comes to see her who broke the chains? I don't think... Or was it coincidence? I'm trying to think of Alyssa, like, separately to how she turns out later. It turns out later. So I guess, like... Alyssa as a Alyssa little girl? Alyssa as a little girl, no. I think she was just a normal She was just girl. a normal little yeah. girl. And they okay. were all just fucked up. Do you think it was the demon who then approaches her later? The demon who's telling this story? Do you reckon it's the demon who broke the chain then? Seeing an opportunity to wreak this kind of havoc upon the town? Not sure. Not sure? Or do? Or it could have been coincidence. It was just old material. It was rusted, which is, again, a theme we see a lot of when the world changes to the nightmare version. A lot of this metal and rust. And the fact that Alyssa was roast, roasted alive on a rusty metal frame makes so much sense with the aesthetic that she embodies in her nightmarish version of silent hill yeah regardless of how it happened the chains broke and this is what caused the fires that lit the coal mines so really it's the cultists own fault that the town burnt to begin with yeah they got what they deserve basically as the cops said oh they deserve so much worse (laughs) (laughs) dahlia arrived too late so she after she gave her daughter she went and got the police and got help. But they arrived too late. And we see the the police arrive. A very young Detective Thomas was one of the first people on the scene. And he's the one who pulled Alyssa from the burning rack that she was tied to. That's how he burnt his hands. Yeah. He saved Alyssa. Oh, I think he makes the comment earlier on something like, what they did to that little girl or something like he does yeah you're right he does mention something like that eh? Yeah. you know what they did to that little girl you know they deserved it yeah or whatever <laughs> so yeah he was the one trying to save Alyssa, and this is how he burnt his hands so sad it's just heartbreaking it's it? so heartbreaking Alyssa was brought to the hospital and over the years she became hateful and resentful and became nothing but anger basically. Her hate was so strong that it could even hurt the innocent. And they specifically mention a nurse who, like, looked in on her, and uh, and somehow Alyssa's hate was so strong that it, like, hurt this woman somehow. And that's when the demon found her and promised her revenge. The culprits would be sent to her darkest dreams and forced to live there. So that's where we are. We're in Alyssa's dream of Silent Hill. Mm, her nightmare. Her nightmare sort of, version. Yeah. Rose opens her eyes to see the burnt Alyssa lying in bed, tended to by the curious nurse who Alyssa accidentally hurt, um, who cannot stop weeping as well. She's just constantly crying as she walks around the room. Again, so sad. This woman you would, who, I guess, wouldn't you? If you were actually a nurse and the little girl came in like that. Yeah, you'd, you'd be, be curious. I mean, you'd be so upset about it. Yeah. The demon, who looks like young Alyssa, tells Rose that Alyssa's soul was split in two as part of, as part of the ritual to trap these people in the nightmarish version. Sharon being the last parts of Alyssa's goodness that they left outside the cursed Silent Hill. Right. So Alyssa's soul was split into the hateful, vengeful version. Which is Alyssa. Which is Alyssa, the burnt version. Right. Who runs the nightmare version of Silent Hill. And the last parts of her goodness, which she wanted removed so it didn't have to live in this nightmare. 
And then the mum just brought her back. And then the mum just brought the goodness back. <laughs> and that's oh. and that's where Rose and Chris come in because they adopted the 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 last remnants of of um of Alyssa's goodness. Okay, I kind of understand now because I thought it was like somehow Alyssa had a baby, and I was like, "How did that happen?" No, it's just a. It's It's part of her. It's part of her soul. Okay, Sharon and Alyssa are one person, which explains why they appear as the same thing. Right. For thirty years, they've lied to their own souls. For thirty years, they've denied their own fate. But now is the end of days, and I am the Reaper. Fucking, this little girl is badass (laughs) as a demon. She's so cool. That line is just one of the best lines in the movie, for sure. Mm. And that the way she says, and I'm the reaper. Like, I'm ready to collect. I mean, fair enough. Like, that shit she had to go through. Like, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Yeah, she's been on a fetch quest. Um, They need Rose's help for the final revenge. Alyssa tells her that Christabella will seek out Sharon to purify her, and the cultist's blind faith has thus far protected them. So it's not the fact that they're righteous or anything like that. It's the fact that they're so far in denial that it actually prevents Alyssa's nightmare from penetrating it. Right. That's what how I... I I think that's how it works. I guess that kind of is how, like... No offense, but religious people sometimes are. Yeah. Like, if you're so in denial of, like, the shit that you do. It's how a cult works as well. And, like, the name of religion, you have to be in denial because you don't want to actually see the reality of what you're doing to people. Which is just horrifying. Yeah. If they actually sat down and were confronted with the fact that they burnt an innocent, like, 10-year-old girl, Mm. how would it feel? Yeah. But they justify it in their religion. And it's that blind faith that stopped Alyssa's nightmare from getting into the church. Mm. Because they believe themselves righteous and they believe it's so hard. That they can't see the reality. That they can't see the reality of of the demon and uh, and Alyssa's true nature. Mm. Of getting into that. But yeah, the, the, That's interesting. I love the idea that their denial was so strong. Mm. They, they believe themselves so righteous. That well, you'd have to. And it, Alyssa can't confront them mm. because they're so they far in denial. They can't see the truth even when it's like right in their face. Yeah, right? it's literally in their face. They've got pyramid head on their on the steps of the church, and then just like, no, no, <laughs> we are righteous, we are faithful, and are you know, pray it away, pray the darkness away. But do you feel like what they're praying away is actually just what they've done? I think so. They don't want to confront that because you'd have to be like that, right? If you if you were in a cult and like you got to that point that something like that happened, mm. fucking have to keep denying it. Like you wouldn't want to admit exactly. that you were wrong and like you did something like that. And the that. fact that specifically when they prayed is when the darkness receded. Mm. So it's like as their faith diminishes, you know, between prayers right. is when is when Alyssa can push further in. And that's when we get the nightmarish version with all the monsters. And of course then all the cultists gather, they pray, they they reform those walls of of denial. And that pushes Alyssa back again. So it's this back and forth of like bringing the nightmare in and the cult is pushing it just out of view. That's very interesting. Mm. So the the three, yeah. So I like to think that the dream version is the cultist's version of Silent Hill. The nightmare version is Alyssa's version. 
of Silent Hill, which is where she needs the cultists to be for revenge. Understandably, I'd be super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but they need they need Rose's help to conclude this. Young Alyssa, or the, the, the demon, hugs Rose and is absorbed into her. Oh, yeah, because she's like, I can't go in there. Yeah, she's like, can. I, can't, I can't enter, but you can. Mm. So she, she, you know, is absorbed into Rose. We cut to um, Dahlia's apartment where Sharon has been hiding. I love this, that she's been hiding there this entire time. And the fact that Dahlia's kept her safe, yeah. kept her protected. But that is all coming to an end as the gas mask men break in. Dahlia tries to fight them off and we flack flashback now to real world as chris is escorted out of town detective thomas tries to convince him that rose sybil and sharon will be found safe he even says like sybil's been to silent hill before like some guy went up there and like dropped a kid down a mine shaft or something like that and sybil stayed oh, with the yeah. kid for like three days until help arrived or something like that. oh yeah i think there was he was trying to say how um because the dad was like worried about the daughter and he was like, Oh, she literally like stayed down in a coal mine trying to save a kid. Like she's yeah. in good hands. Like, Sib- yeah, Sybil's yeah. a badass. Yeah. Like yeah. she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the church, the cultists build a pyre. Dali is held down. Um, and she is going to be forced to watch the burning. She's going to be what? She's going to be witness to the purifying. Uh, we look up to see Sybil beaten. But still alive. Yeah, fuck, I did not expect that. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. You're like, damn, girl, you're still kicking. Good on you. God, I hope For you're now. okay. <laughs> she's, she's tied to some sort of rig. It's like a giant ladder. Yeah. That can be, like, lowered down. Um, she tries... So disturbing. Yeah. She tries to reason with the cultists. She's like, look at what you're fucking doing. You people are insane. And Christabella announces that Sybil is to be burnt as a conspirator to the demon. And she even... She grabs a torch and she lights the pyre. Uh, Sybil's rig is lowered over the flames. Again, not into the flames. It's not like burning a witch. It's death by heat. She literally, like, melts. Yes. You can literally, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is quite cool imagery. Like, oh, it's, it makes you think about it. Like, so, is that how a human would? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Mm. It's, oh, it's like watching the, the, the paint burn and stuff like that in the bathroom scene where we saw the change. But it's Sybil's fucking face mm. that's burning. Oh, it's. Mm. She's left above the heat of the flames as cultists yell, and there's even one woman, like, cackling and laughing and pointing at her as she's burning alive. Sybil, she's trying to keep in there, and you can see her face going red, and then you can see the skin starting to peel off, and she's struggling to breathe, and then she just sort of starts twitching and dies. The, The pure heat of the pyre is what kills her. And then we get a long shot as her body catches fire. This is disturbing. It is. This is fucking disturbing. It was, yeah. I, yeah, it does make you think. Yeah. It's hard to watch in a it's, way. Especially with someone like Sybil, who's been this, like, very pure character. Like, ah. Oh. <sighs> we cut to later, as Sybil's corpse is pulled away. Now it's just, it's a black charred husk. There's Sybil's dead, dead, for sure. Yeah. Now she's definitely... <laughs> Sharon is now tied to one of the rigs because she's going to be next. 
and suddenly Rose bursts through the doors of the church. She looks over to see Sybil's corpse and just takes a second like, what the fuck? I think she... What kind of hell is this that I'm yeah. walking into? They immediately point at her and call her a witch and Rose tells them of the world outside of Silent Hill because this cult is convinced the, that the apocalypse came and they're the survivors. And she's like, I come from a world outside of Silent Hill. Yeah, where else would she have come from? Just suddenly showed up out of nowhere? Yeah. Um, there was no apocalypse. They've just damned themselves, is what she says. Rose confronts Christabella about her guilt, pain, and fear of killing an innocent child and now cowering behind her faith to avoid the consequences. You know, they all start yelling at her and she just screams out, your faith brings death. Love it. Yeah. Fucking badass. Your faith brings death. You're alone in this limbo and God is not here. That's right. (laughs) It's fucking badass. This is a predominantly female-led cast that is one of the most badass casts just flat out we've got sybil who's just this badass sort of not brutish as in like you know mindless and anything like that but she's like a tank of a woman she's like she's a take no shit we get shit done kind of person then we've got rose who's this motherly figure who will do anything to protect her child Mm, questionable Except for go back to the cop who has the keys for her handcuffs. No, except for maybe don't take your child there. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. first place, okay, lady. And then it's contrasted with the 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 ev- the, the definite evil of Christabella, mm-hmm. who's this ruthless, tyrannical, cultist leader. And then we've got Alyssa, who works as another type of villain, but a sympathetic one. And then we've got Dahlia, all these strong female leads in this movie. And I fucking adore it they're all proper characters they've got problems they've got things they're good at things they're weak at things they're strong against like i just can't get over how amazing it is to have this strong a cast like this and especially with marvel toting like that's the first time we've got like female strong female characters in movies and i'm like no No. (laughs) captain marvel is a weak character she's got nothing to like evolve because she's already perfect at everything yeah and then we've got this movie They're more complex we've got this movie with a whole female cast of heroes and villains who are weak but strong who are good at things but bad at things like vulnerable and yeah and have room to develop that's mm. the most important thing is that they have room to develop more like relatable i guess yeah, yeah. because I, well, not like Christabella. Not, not, not Chris, <laughs> definitely not. We do not relate to Christabella. <laughs> but like the fact that a normal person has like a history of things yeah. they're maybe not proud of or like things yeah. done. I mean, like you said, Rose is not a perfect person. She brought her daughter to a haunted house. <laughs> to a haunted town, a sorry. Haunted house. <laughs> to a haunted house. <laughs> I mean, that's a mild understatement. She brought yeah. her to a ghost town. But that doesn't, that's a flaw contrasted with the fact that she'll never give up on trying to help her daughter Mm. and she may not be the strongest fighter so she has to run away instead but that's contrasted with the fact that she she's 
immaculately good at following her daughter's clues and like it's just oh it's just so wonderful and i i want more i want marvel to do basically i'm just mad at marvel (laughs) i want them because i want more female superheroes Mm. but i don't want what they're doing at the moment which is these i see what you mean these picture perfect we like the these these female characters who like can't do wrong because that would insinuate that women aren't strong but they're missing the point of the fact that you know, a good character needs to be relatable. And it needs layers. It needs layers. Mm-hmm. You can't just be perfect. And, you know, society's the problem. That's weak. Mm. And this movie is a perfect example of what I would love to have more female leads like. Mm. Or just female characters in general. Because Christabel is not a female hero by any fucking means. <laughs> she could be a villain. But she's a villain and in her own mind she's justified in everything she does. Which is and a that villain. makes yeah, and yeah. that makes her a great villain. Yeah. Yeah. She's the Thanos of Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh Christian well, they just like Thanos sometimes has some good points. I mean, exactly that's what made him such a good villain. Yeah. Chris the Ballot? No. (laughs) Girl, you're crazy. (laughs) Thanos wasn't just like, I'm evil because I'm evil. Mm. He's like, he had a point. And that's what made him such a good villain. And that's... Christabella, in her own fucked up mind, is justified in what she's doing. Mm. Christabella, outraged at at Rose's um, statements, stabs her through the chest and immediately throws her hands up. Did you notice that as well? Yeah. Like, like, oh, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And doesn't the crowd kind of like is shocked for a moment? They, uh, like they, they take... don't expect that until she speaks, mm. because that's her strength. Yeah. The her her what's it called? Um, you know when like um, religious people, uh, relig- sermon her sermon mm. when she gives starts giving her sermon. Um, we see a single drop of Rose's blood drop to the floor as the blade as from the blade. So that she, uh, Christabella drops the dagger and a single drop of blood drops to the church and it just immediately turns black. And you're just like, oh, you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Christabella is making up excuses, starts calling Rose a witch and, you know, I had to do it for the purity, for the sanctity of the church and everything like that. And the room starts to grow very dark. Rose convulses on the floor as blood splurts from her chest, rotting away the floor and letting in Alyssa's metallic nightmare. This, and what did you think of this effect and just general and like the whole idea of the blood pouring out and transforming the church? Did you like it? It was cool. And I thought the blood kind of coming out of her was like her releasing Alyssa out too and Alyssa kind of appears out of that absolutely yeah because the demon had been absorbed into her so instead of Rose sacrificing her own blood it's like the demon is falling out Mm. and then doesn't her cut like heal I'm pretty sure it does doesn't it yeah Yeah. Um, the pyre falls through the pit that's now been created by this darkness and from the pit we see Alyssa in a hospital bed so this is adult Alyssa. Wait, isn't this the same as what? What's the other girl's name? Sharon? Sharon was looking down on at the start I of the movie. I think it was. Yeah, it's yeah. the same pit that Sharon saw when she was standing on the cliff's edge. Gonna jump down, yeah. Yeah, but now it's rising up from the ground coming into the church. So maybe the reason Sharon wants to get back to Alyssa so much is like she's the goodness and she can feel... She- 
like Alyssa's hurting so much and she wants oh, to like possibly yeah it's like um help her literally soulmates because they're the same soul mm. like they're hearing each other mm. oh that makes a lot of sense but I love this image of Alyssa slowly rising as well because she's quite a way down but you can see her in a hospital bed this burnt almost corpse making its way in a hospital bed, carried by these tendrils of barbed wire, (laughs) which are slowly, like, pulling her up and up and up and closer to the church. Rose's wound is healed, and she turns to the cultists as this blaring organ music bursts out, and it's like this very gothic organ music. Oh, it's... Yeah, as Alyssa appears behind her, Rose turns, Alyssa rises up behind her with all the barbed wire and everything spooling <laughs> out. It's such a cool image. Yeah. Like, if you wanted a cool, like, wallpaper for your computer, just get a screenshot of this because it's fucking <laughs> oh <my God>. badass. <laughs> hey, this, the, my, my screensaver for my computer at work was Resident Evil 7 while I was playing it. And nice. it's just like the demented redneck family. <laughs> She write- I'd be it. I'd have it. Oh, Pennywise. Yeah, Good Pennywise. I love Pennywise. Oh, Pennywise is great. He's so cool. I need to do that for the podcast at some point. Yeah. It's just finding someone who hasn't seen it before that's hard. <laughs> so Alyssa appears behind her, rising in a sea of rusted barbed wire. The cultists scream and run, but the doors will not open. That's because the darkness is in, baby. Yeah. Can't escape it now, motherfuckers. They have to confront what they've done now. Alyssa grabs Christabella with wire and raises her up to meet her eye to eye. Other cultists are grabbed in the background and, like, strangled or torn in half and stuff like that by the barbed wire. Uh, And we see dark Alyssa rising from the pit as well. This is the demon version, the one in the little purple dress. She rises out um, out of the pit as barbed wire forces its way up into Christabella. Oh, yeah, that was... Mm, that yeah. was um interesting <laughs> emma was like oh my god <laughs> it's because she says as well oh uh, k- yeah because the barbed wire wraps around her arms and legs and like pulls her legs open and she like she she like cries out oh please keep me pure or something like that does she i think so oh. as the barbed wire shoots up up her crotch i guess and then starts darting out of her chest and it sounds almost like she's being shot but it's all these pieces of barbed wire breaking through her chest. And she squeals as she dies. And I'm like, yes, bitch, die. I bet that was so satisfying for Alyssa. Oh, She'd been sure. waiting for so long to do that. What, 50 years? She's waited 50 years for She's this? She's been picturing this moment. And, uh, and I love the fact that the demon Alyssa dances in the blood of Christabella as it, like, rains down on her. <laughs> and eventually Christabella is just pulled apart completely by the barbed wire so there's nothing left of her good death for a good villain yeah i i can imagine that i always find out like the actresses or actors who play villains turn out to be the nicest people and i bet this actress is a fucking teddy bear in real life and she just plays this piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not even a fun villain to play really because it's like just a horrible it's just yeah objectively awful Rose fights um, fights to Sharon. She, like, barges her way through some cultists and stuff like that. And Alyssa is even helping her. Because there's one guy who's, like, a foot taller than Rose who stands in the way. And then he's suddenly wrapped in barbed wire and squished to a, like, fleshy mess on the floor. And she looks over and Alyssa is looking at her. 
And they sort of make eye contact for a second, and then Rose goes yeah. to get Sharon. She's like, there's an understanding there. Mm-hmm. And I think even Alyssa wants the goodness in her to survive. So she wants to make sure that Rose saves Sharon. Dahlia looks at her daughter and mourns as she kills the cultists one by one. She even like walks down the aisle of the church, her feet, her bare feet squelching in like the flesh and blood that's pouring down. It's really visceral but quite beautiful in its like symmetry and its like symbolism as far as Dahlia as a character. Yes, the cultists are all uh, killed. We cut to Rose, who cuts Sharon free, and Dahlia walks the bloody floor. Rose and Sharon sit in the corner with their eyes closed as Sharon is approached by the demon. The, like, demon walks up the ladder thing and approaches her, and she passes out. What do you think that was, as far as, like, the demon approaching her? I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it, like, concluding the deal? Like... Going to going to the last piece of goodness in, in Alyssa's soul and just, you know, the deal is done. Maybe. Maybe, something like that. But um, Rose and Sharon open their eyes and it is daylight. The, the nightmare has ended. The church is as, as if nothing happened. There's no blood, no corpses, no broken doors, no skewed pews or anything like that. They're all perfectly back in their symmetrical places and everything like that and dahlia sits crying in the middle of the church why didn't she take me with the others and rose just turns to her and says because you're her mother and mother is god in the eyes of a child Mm. oh it must have been dahlia that said that first possibly yeah i think so yeah it's so sad i feel so so sorry for dahlia so you think she wanted to be punished because she was like i was part of that decision i think she she thinks that she deserved to be punished but Alyssa, even in her nightmarish form, could still, still loved her mother enough. I mean, we learned that, like, even the darkness didn't want her. The monsters never attacked her. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Rose and Sharon head back to the car. They drive to the edge of town, and as they reach the cliff's edge, it turns to a road. Chris wakes to hear his phone ringing. It's Rose. It's Rose calling, but he can't hear her on the end. On the other end, he can just hear static. Rose continues to drive all the way home. The fog of Silent Hill is still present as they drive away. They find Chris asleep on the couch at home. And I love the contrasting style because we're switching between where Chris is and where Rose and mm. Rose and Sharon are. And where Rose and Sharon are, it's the Silent Hill fog. It's very grey. And we cut to a list of, uh, We cut to Chris and it's like a bright morning. And you're like, oh, they're not back. Yeah. Rose sits beside him, and we see from her perspective, Chris is not even there. Because mm. she sits on, like, one of the single-seater couch, uh, single-seater chairs and looks at the couch. And that's where Chris is sleeping, but he's not there for her. So they're still in different... They're places. still in different but they're worlds. In the, they're both in their house, yeah. He wakes suddenly... Well, different dimensions, I guess. So, yeah, say. different planes of existence or something like that. Chris wakes suddenly to find the front door open and we get a final shot of the rain falling outside as he waits for them to return home. Sad. They're uh, never coming back. They never come back. 
Hmm. And this concludes Silent Hill 2006. So give me a rundown for this movie. What did you think as far as like the script, the, the, the dialogue, the acting, the monster designs, whatever? Give me a rundown for this movie. What did you think? Well, it actually makes a lot more sense now that you've explained some of it to me. Because at first I was I like, mean, that's I don't only, really understand. That's only my interpretation. But. No, I, like, <laughs> what, your interpretation makes sense. And um, yeah, I thought it was like really interesting, like quite a good mystery. Mm. Like the whole time me and my friend were watching it, we were like trying to guess like where it was all going. Yeah. And like um, how so this kinda, worked. And- yeah. It kind of drip fed you little things along the way, which I thought was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I definitely think like some of the characters are quite iconic now. Um, like the actual characters, or do you mean like Pyramid Head and like, like the Pyramid monsters? Pyramid Head and mm. the nurses and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the characters in this movie should be iconic too. Yeah. Christabella, fucking amazing villain. Yeah. And um, and even Rose as like our protagonist. I didn't like her that as much as Oh, really? <laughs> I was just like, she's fucking irresponsible. <laughs> like, when she was driving with her just kid and, like, drives through a gate and her child's in the back seat, I was like, what is she up to? What does she think she's achieving here? I mean, she was driving one of those big old fuck-off Land Rovers that everyone seems to drive nowadays. I so. know, but if you're a child and that's happening, you're going to be like, scared. Yeah. Like, what is my mum doing? The money! Stop! <laughs> Uh, yeah, mean, so I did not really fair. like. She didn't love her, but um, the rest of the characters are pretty cool. Yeah, overall, um, I think it's a a pretty good. Fit. It's held up yeah, pretty well. It has held up well, and like now that we're kind of talking about it and like going into the different layers and stuff, there's like definitely a lot to it. There's a yeah. It's not as shallow as people will mm. think it is. And, like, the symbolism and everything. Especially as, like, as far as, like, you know, based on a video game, you know, those those t- movies tend to be quite shallow. Yeah, it's definitely not shallow. And this is And I quite, I quite like the concept of what we were saying is, like, people being in denial of what they've done and, like, that's a whole kind of thing. Yeah. Instead of accepting what they've done, they're just living in denial, and it's that denial. They just can't confront how ugly, like their crimes the truth are. is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely, I, I, I just love it as mm. like a concept, and I, there's always a thing about like having a, a religious villain that I quite enjoy, despite yeah. how traumatic it is. The Mist is another example of that, where like our main villain in The Mist is. Despite the fact that there's monsters roaming about outside, the real danger is this religious woman who's riling people up inside the store. Mm. It's the same sort of thing here where, like, there's monsters roaming about Silent Hill, but the real horror is the cult. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I think it was good. Um... For your personal enjoyment rating, what would you give it then? One being awful, ten being amazing. Where would you scale this for yourself? A seven. A seven? Mm. That's not too bad. Because I think it's quite an old movie as well. Yeah. For me, this is a nine. This is a nine out of ten for me. I fucking love Maybe this movie. Maybe because you've seen it a few times, like, you kind of I see think more it, to it. Definitely. I guess, because the first time watching, like, you have a lot of questions. And yeah. You're I, trying to figure out what's going on. I think it's definitely worth a rewatch for mm. sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just having an understanding or at least figuring out in your head how everything works for you. Like, I mean, what I've read here is my canon as far as like how things worked or what this was or that was or whatever like that. That's how I I interpreted it. And then every time I watch it after that, it just sort of solidifies it for me. So, you know, next time you watch it, you might 
see something different and then reinterpret it. And that'll be great. Mm. I, that's what I love about this movie. But it's a 9 out of 10 for me. I just... This movie will always be enjoyable for me. I just always have a good time. I love the monster designs. The nurses are fucking gloriously iconic and I love them. So we like to give credit where credit's due. So there's a particular actor or character you'd like to give props to in this movie. Someone you'd like to, you know, wave a sign at and go, good job. Probably Sybil's character. She was really cool. Oh, 100%. That's my person. Uh, Laurie Holden, who played Sybil. Absolutely. She's a fucking tank and a badass and i love her mm. and she's so sexy in this movie like my god also like Alyssa when she went a little bit crazier the the demon it? version of Alyssa, mm. yeah and As... like towards the end when she was like this burnt like corpse oh oh the actual adult version <laughs> yeah oh right, right yeah the 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 amount that actress did yeah, with see, just her eyes it does turn into like an adult version doesn't it yeah yeah. Yeah, the, the version in the bed is the adult version. Yeah. Because she she didn't die in the fire. She, she like died. she was hospitalized and as she over the years her hate grew until the point when the demon came and met her. Wait, but this is still a lot to kind of figure out because I know right. Are they actually dead? Is that what you're kinda of saying, or are you saying they're not dead? I don't think they're dead. Oh, okay, because the whole time I thought they were oh, what, like all the cultists and everything. Yeah, like this is I mean, Some kind of afterlife. If that's what you, you, if that's how you read it, that's perfectly understandable and that makes sense. Mm. I saw it as like they've been moved to a purgatory. Yeah. So they're still, but then again, they didn't age, did they? So maybe they are. I don't know. It's confusing us, but yeah. I need to rewatch it again. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Laurie Holden, um, if, if you don't recognize the name Laurie Holden, um, Walking Dead. She's Andrea for the first three seasons. Fantastic actress. I fucking love her. She's great. But um, that concludes uh, Silent Hill 2006. Thank you so much for joining me, Jess. I hope you had a good time. And I'm glad you enjoyed this movie that I brought you into. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's so visceral and bloody. (laughs) No, it wasn't wasn't that bad, really. It always felt purposeful, which was... Mm. was which was good. Otherwise, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks again to our guests and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite. <laughs>